Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, wherever you may be at the moment. This is from Bob's office. It is currently 2.03 p.m. on Tuesday, November 19th, and I am Jacob Balmer. I'm Jake Mathis, and sitting here with us is a member of the Chicky Nuggies. She's an alumni of Los Altos Grace Brethren and Valley Christian High School. Her initials spell out fan, in which she is a fan of all things movies, music, and Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, Faith Ann Negron. Hi, I'm Faith. Woo! She's the first female guest we've had on the show. I meant to say that, actually. Woot, woot. But yeah, I kind of forgot. You forgot? I <laughs> Tells a lot about you. Ouch. <laughs> I st- starting with okay. shots. I have... All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, how was your weekend as you drink some water? <laughs> it's better timing that way. It's really not. Um, my weekend was great. So, on Friday... I feel like I should have started with what I did Saturday, because that leads into what you did Saturday. Uh, I mean, I was going to talk about Friday first, because Friday was very important to me. So Friday, um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Friday, Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, and so far I'm pretty sure I have about 26 hours in the game, and it's awesome, and I love all things Pokemon, and so it just it's really fun. And being able to sit down with my friends and playing it too, like we all go and we all go and we talk about it, and it's just reliving childhood, man. It's really great. Which friends so, are playing it? Friends that will be on the show at one point. I don't know if they want to know if they want their names out there yet. Khalil is playing it with me. Um, <laughs> as Penny. you drop a name. Yeah, you say that as yeah, if well, Khalil's uh, name. Then I got three up. bad looks, two bad looks. <laughs> two bad looks. Oh, yeah, because oh. you weren't saying their names? <laughs> no, because you gave me a weird look, and you gave me a weird look. Yeah, so because I, was, I didn't know why you weren't saying their name. There's going to be a lot of two teaming against you, Jake, in this episode. Ouch. Is my mic falling? No, it's <laughs> So... Uh, Khalil was playing it with me, and then Maddie, who is, I meant to say Kenny first, Kenny, and Kenny's girlfriend Maddie was also playing it with us, and it was just a lot of fun, just being able to nerd out. And then also, that same day, a Star Wars game dropped, and that was huge, because it's really fun, it's very difficult, but it's really fun, but me and Ian were playing it Thursday night before I got to get Pokemon, and it was just great. So what was your Saturday like? Because our Saturday is kind of close one. That wasn't a word, I don't think. So, Saturday was a day that I had been looking forward to for a really long time because my friend Emily and I, Emily, who is a former sponsor of this podcast, um, we had, and Emily had tried to do this with multiple people in the past, was to have a Harry Potter marathon. There are eight Harry Potter movies covering the seven Harry Potter books, and she had tried to do a marathon in the past. It didn't work out as she had hoped. So a couple months ago, we planned an all-day Harry Potter marathon. And we planned it for a day that we would have available that gave people enough time to plan for it. And so Saturday was that day. So we started the first movie at 6 a.m. on the dot. And we only we, we watched all eight movies back-to-back. The longest break we took in between any single movie was four minutes. We we had a schedule. We had to go, go, go. And so even holding to that schedule and only taking that one four-minute break, we <laughs> think Jake just got a cramp. What are you doing? My foot has never been this asleep. It is literally in pain how bad it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite feeling in the world 
which is like mildly sadistic. But when when your foot is asleep and there's that tingly feeling when you move it, that's my favorite. Like to move it slightly and every neuron fires and you feel that's I love that feeling. I don't know why. I I felt like I was just attacked by a static TV. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. So we watched all the movies all the way through. Started the first one at 6 a.m. Started the last one at 10.40-something, 10.47 or something like that. It ended at 12.42 a.m., so we went for 18 18 hours hours. and 42 minutes straight, and it was very exhausting, even though all I did was sit and eat all day, literally just ate food for almost 16 hours straight because we didn't really eat at the start or at the end. But it was awesome. We had like 10 different people stop in along the way and had a great day. And didn't realize till the next day that that day, so we did it Saturday, November 16th, which just so happened to be the 18-year anniversary of the first movie coming out in theaters. Didn't even plan that. It just randomly happened, and we had a fantastic day, and we probably never have to do that again because <laughs> it was Check rough. Check that one off the list. It was awesome, amazing, and difficult to do. We're doing a Star Wars one like that during the winter. If you want to come, I do not. Uh, Literally, when I put, I posted about it on Instagram, and one of my former students texted me, and he's like, "Star Wars next." I said, "Not in my life." Come would on, I it's ever. so good. No, it's not. See, I don't care enough about Star Wars to do that. My mom and I are trying to do that, but well, we no. can barely get through one movie in one day yeah, because my like, mom is doing, doing the bajillion things. Yeah, everyone was time. like, "How can you just sit there and watch eight movies in a row?" Because I wasn't just sitting there; we were commentating on the movies a lot. There were children and babies running around. A lot. Khalil hasn't and seen four, five, and six, so that's kind of like a big reason why we're gonna do it. Makes He's sense. gonna sit down and watch all of them, and I and can't wait. I mean, there's so how many movies total would that be? Like I hope 10, all right? of them. Oh, you're gonna do it after? What do you I, mean all of them? Well, like you're gonna I mean, wait till after episode nine comes out? Oh no. Well, I mean maybe. I'm right, gonna see well, it probably first night. So. I mean, but that matters towards the marathon. What would you it watch does. in the marathon? Isn't that eleven movies total? One, two, three. Solo, Rogue, five, uh, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Well, eight's coming out. No, nine is coming out. It's just not available yet on yes. Disney Plus. Just because it's on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Got so, I mean, Solo is also. So is Solo. Got it. Until, like, July, because they have a lease with it. Yes. So there's ten movies currently. Yes. The 11th is coming out in December. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Yes. Episode eight came out. So yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Plus the two. Plus the two. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the average runtime is. Uh, um, about two-ish, a little over two hours. I mean, because that's twenty hours right there. Yep. Although, depending on the credits and stuff, because we, as soon as the movie ended and the credits started, we stopped it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you way. don't have to do that for Star Wars because that's um, like six or seven minutes per movie. It's two and a half hours for episode. Hour. I'll probably two, just like the clones. The worst one. Oof. I'll probably just drink like 15 monsters a day. I'll do it. That's a terrible just idea. Kidding. That's just giving you excuse to drink more monsters. So that's what I did Saturday. How did that coincide with what you did Saturday? On Saturday, um, two of my, well, one of my really good friends, Amy, it, it was her birthday party, even though it was like last, it was in October. Is it November? Yeah. It was in October, but she celebrated her birthday because her and her older sister have around the same time, so they did their birthdays today, which was... Saturday. Or like, Yeah, which was Saturday, so they all celebrated that with all of them, and they, we had a very fun 
adult party with um like they did really cool decorations like they did the whole like fireplace of like the letters coming out and so they like so like when the first movie when all the letters no came I out. understand I just don't know how they would make that happen they had like strings going across with like letters okay. like glued on and it looked really cool That's I was trying right. to find a picture but I couldn't find one and they also had like candlesticks like floating from the ceiling and it was just really fun and they made butter beer and like it was just a lot of fun sweet yeah it's a good birthday party we all had a good time. I, me and my friend Sean, in like the first like 20 minutes, we like look at each other, and I said, "You know the one thing we're both missing," and he went, "A wand." And so we ran to the park by their house and found two sticks in the middle of like the, the park, and then ran back to their house because we needed our wands. You needed them, or yes. And there was adorable little baby running around, and Sean went to go like throw up his wand, and then his other hand went back and it hit the baby in the head. Oh, man. That is pretty funny. Oh, they have a Roomba, and they made it a broom, and it was a Broomba. <laughs> and it was just going around the room. It was so funny. They attach a... What they the... made it out of, like, um, out of, like, toilet paper sticks. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, like, Rolls. The, the bone the in a toilet paper, yeah. <laughs> the roll. And then they, like, made, like, little paper around it, and is Broomba, and it was amazing. That's pretty funny. It was. And so that was my Saturday, and it was fun. I didn't get home till late. And may or may not have gone to church on Sunday. I woke up at 10.30, and I, or like 10, I was like, oh, man. And I'm like, I haven't ate. I haven't showered. I'm just like, I'm rolling back over. <laughs> you had two problems, and you didn't solve either of them. Yeah, no, I didn't. I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to sleep. Like, this is like... One, the Packers on the bye weeks. Like, I was like, this. If there was a Sunday for me to just sleep, this is the Sunday I can sleep. Good job. I felt bad, but so it goes. I didn't feel bad. Like, I woke up and I'm like, man, I totally told myself I was going to be up at nine. And I was going to be like ready, and I'm just like, I, I don't know. It just didn't happen. Happens to the best of us. How was your weekend? My weekend was great. I on Saturday we. I hung out. I had to finish a ton of homework that was due this past weekend because we had – there's – for some reason, even though I had a completely free week last week, I didn't do any of my homework and saved it, of course, until the last day. So the morning was spent working on homework, and then the afternoon was me and my mom running everywhere because we also procrastinated getting stuff for my brother's birthday dinner, which was Saturday night. And so for his birthday dinner, a bunch of friends came over. We all – Went to Korean barbecue, which was amazing, as always. But nobody in my family really knew how to order Korean barbecue except for me. So then my dad kind of just handed me the menu and said, here, choose everything that you would need to order. It must be nice to be the third I, parent in the family. Well, <laughs> I saw a Snapchat, and was it true that they got cow tongue? Yeah, they got be- the, the beef tongue, yeah. Oh, how was that? Um, apparently it was really good. I left before they mm. did that because... After the dinner, I had to leave and go to the Biola Winds concert because my best friend is in the Winds concert, Daisy. But that was the end of my day. Oh, I also hung out with Khalil that night, which was also great because I haven't seen Khalil in a while. And then Sunday, didn't go to church because I had a ton of homework to finish. And I probably should have gone to church because it turns out that I finished my homework earlier than usual. <laughs> but that was my weekend. Sweet. Well, a few sports things happened over the weekend. Oh, yeah, they did. Well, kind of. Well, yeah, a couple of them happened Thursday after we recorded. Um, Do we want to talk about the happy one first? 
That was a wild one. <laughs> uh, we can briefly mention, because we're not going to go into huge depth about it. You can say it. You didn't really give me... Oh, which well, the, happy, <laughs> the only happy one... Oh, the happy one the was... Happy one? Um, wait, are you saying... It's not what? like it's breaking news. It's not breaking news, but it's breaking happiness. Like, good job. This is going to be happy for everyone. Uh, Mike Trout was named his uh, third MVP. And... Uh, Cody Bellinger was named his first, right? Yeah, yep. he, yeah, he won it. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool that the two big outfielders for the two big LA teams were able to win MVPs at the same time. So Cal represent. The last it wasn't the last time that Trout won that Kershaw also won. I don't know because I know that they won together. I don't know if it was his first or second one though. I don't know. But yeah, it was pretty cool that SoCal was represented by the two SoCal teams. Really, San Diego doesn't count. <laughs> um, oh, did you wait? Uh, side note for baseball: Did you see the Brewers' new outfit or uniforms? They are much better than the Padres. I really enjoy their new uniforms and their hats. The ones Faith the probably hasn't seen them. What color are they? Uh, blue and white. I mean, what? What? And like yellow. yellow? Blue, white, and yellow. So, yeah. trout Milwaukee. winning is really cool. It. I would not have surprised me if Bregman would have won. Nah, because it was definitely that was more weird. of a. But um, Brewers are on top, Padres on the bottom. Brewers I think. Oh, the the Brewers are much better than the Padres. Okay. I think that they wouldn't have given uh, Houston more attention right now because that's not how that works. It's a regular I, season award, and they don't change. There's their, a lot of issues going on with Houston. I'm assuming they gave it to Trout because he played most of the season, and his numbers are still better than Bregman, even though he. Played less in the end. Um, Trout's just obviously the best player in baseball, and so. And it's fun to watch him every year. I can't imagine how bad we'd be without him. That's where his value is. People still <laughs> come to the games because we have Trout. But if we didn't have Trout, no one no would one go to the come. games. Every 27th of a month, we have like a special giveaway night just revolved around him. I went to all but one. I went no. to a lot. Of went them. to all of them. No, because we were at camp for one of them. I think. Yes, you were at camp for one of them. Okay. That was the one that I didn't care about, though. It was like a like a cooler. Yeah, I didn't care about that. I think I have one. Like I think someone I knew went to it. I don't know. I got a hat, dope hat, a jersey. And the jersey's cool. I was very surprised that it fit me. Jersey didn't fit me. Oh, the tie-dye shirt? Oh, that wasn't that a trap one, but that was so cool. No, neither cool. of them fit me. I didn't say they did. I just oh, said they were cool. Oh, you just but randomly the, brought up the, the tie-dye, tie-dye one. one cause I wore <laughs> the tie-dye that one, not, too, that day. That was day. not one of those giveaways. Yeah, that's why I was saying, like, oh, wait, that wasn't one. You didn't turn the air on. <laughs> You're right. It's really warm in here. Faith is closer. Am I? Yeah. You got to take your headphones off or else you're going to get strangled. Really? Probably. No, I was going to take them with me and take the entire table as well. That would have been rough. That have been pretty entertaining. Um. The other brief thing we can mention, Luka Doncic had himself a night last night. And in his honor, I'm wearing my only piece of Luka Doncic. You put it down to 70? Jake is really going to What is it normally? 75. Just leave it at 75. My. Look at the money you're causing the church now. We're only going to be in here for two more hours. Um, Church loves me. That's true. We'll get there later. Um So, yeah, Doncic. So I'm wearing my Doncic shirt that I got for Christmas last year because Doncic went 41 points, 11 rebounds, and 12 assists last night in a win over the Spurs. And he Big is, win, too. He's my favorite player in the NBA. 
He's surpassed Gordon Hayward, mostly because Gordon Hayward has barely played the last two years and keeps I like hurt. Gordon but Doncic is so much fun to watch. And, yeah, he was wearing some bright green shoes last night. I was like, what are you doing? I didn't see his shoes, but, but I saw him play. Dominated. He's only the second player in NBA history to have a 40-point triple-double before he turns 21. The other player is LeBron. So if you and LeBron are the only two people that have ever done something, that is pretty dope. So I am incredibly happy with Luka Doncic, and he's a beast. So There's a kid who was featured on Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and he's 15, yeah. and he, his name's like Emily Bates. Yep. Really cool dude. Read an entire article on it prior to this so that I could have some commentary on sports. Yeah, there you go. And apparently he was he asked his dad to look up um, – LeBron James's all of his stats, and he has since then beat all of LeBron's stats in the high school dominion of basketball. Hmm. High school stats are really that's true, but not the I fact that it was yeah. the idea that counts no, that he had yes. the yeah. I saw a guy who averaged like 30 points at my high school go on to play for a college. I'm not going to say names because he's not doing well. But um, he went to go play for a college. I mean, he could have said his name and not included the not doing oh, well Oh, but part. I'm going to. Because he averaged know. like 10 points now when he used to, like in high That's school. That's what he you meant by not doing well? Well, I don't think he starts anymore either. I, okay. Um, but like school. I watched him drop like 70 points. I thought you meant like he like started doing drugs and got arrested. No, no, no. He's still Oof. playing. It's just that he isn't as what, good yeah, as Yeah, that's thought. how it works. When you move up to the next level, it's harder. Well, shows. <laughs> um, Ouch. Before we jump into the big thing, uh, I want to have a quick like kind of moment of sadness because it was a year ago today that Alex Smith got hurt. Yeah. Which that. is crazy to me. And, like, I watched a video about it. It was rough. Of, like, his recovery video. And, like, oh, the one that his eyes. wife was talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like watching it. Was it was pretty sad. And I'm like, I feel so, like, I generally feel bad for him. And, like, yeah. I want to see him succeed, but I don't know. Like, it's just crazy. Almost lost his leg. Yeah, it was a rough injury. I don't think I've ever seen the injury. Don't look it You're up. You're going to start now? <laughs> yeah. No. Why? No. Because we're moving on. No. That's not the point. I can talk. I'm a multitasker. You're not you even talking not into close. the microphone right I'm now. a good multitasker. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do we want to like build up then? Do we end with Miles Garrett? Uh, well, what else are we going to talk about? Well, no. We'll just start with Miles Garrett. So <laughs> the other things can do. No, we'll go backwards. Pat McAfee, go. Uh, our boy, Pat McAfee. Um, if you don't know who he is, you're doing something wrong. Um he returned to the famous river that he jumped into, uh, one heavily uh, adult beverage night. Um, <laughs> allegedly. He, allegedly, yeah. He allegedly jumped into and allegedly got rested for it. Um, he jumped back into it this week on college game day, which, by the way, he might become a regular on college game day now. Which he should be a regular on everything all the time. Um, because uh, Although I haven't been watching any of the Thursday night college football games. I haven't either, which sucks because he's Cause always awesome. always games of like, people I do not care about. Yeah, um, but I always see the highlights, and they're great. Um, but he interviewed one of the main guys from college game day today. I forgot his name, but... He had like a very good conversation about how he, like he's pushing really hard for Pat to be on it every single week. Is it Chris Fowler or it doesn't matter? Who's who the voice of college football? The voice of college football? Yeah. Besides Keith Jackson? Yeah. Do you know who Keith Jackson is? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris oh, Fowler Kirk, does. Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk Herbstreet, yeah. 
he had him on, and he's pushing really hard for him to be on it every week. But Good. he jumped into this. He belly flopped into this four foot deep water, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm glad I bounced back up real fast." He started. He's like, "My my boots started getting full of water," and I was like, "I'm gonna suck down." Because he was in a full suit. He was in his full suit that he yeah. was wearing. Yeah, he said that the only thing that hurt was his bolo tie getting engraved into his chest. Well, then he'll be fun. Iron Man with a bolo tie. Wow, what a disappointing superhero! Actually, he could be a space cowboy. That'd be even funnier. Because of the polo tie, and it's Brown, in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I missed something there. <laughs> so Tua Tungavailoa got injured on Saturday. Yeah, speaking of other college football news. Yeah. Um, which, what was it? Hip displacement. Yeah, his hip got destroyed, and it's the same injury that Bo Jackson had. That. See, I heard about his that, career, but but it was 30 years ago. That was so we assume that medicine has improved. The fact that, that he was already had surgery and it's already improved from what it yeah. was. So, but that's still a pretty serious injury, and it's his third surgery in the last two years. Yeah, it's not great. I saw him. His and draft, I already questioned his ability to be in the NFL. People thought he was still going to be a top 10 pick, and I wasn't yeah, I've super seen sure him about drop that. to 17 when Miami has their I've second I've seen pick. people drop him to second round. Ooh. Because you don't know he's going to – like, this is a lot. So It's a big injury for a mobile quarterback. And then the Alabama side of things is like, all right, well, now they got to go to a backup quarterback again going into – I think it's the Auburn game this weekend. Oof, I don't know. Which is rough. And, like, now you got to still try to win this championship with the backup quarterback that we haven't seen play. Yeah, yet. I've seen them drop down, like, six because of I guess he, he's played a couple games already because Tua hurt his ankle, but – not Tua. Yep. Or Hearns. Hurts. Hurts. Um, yeah, I mean, Tua's in pretty Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts led a huge comeback last weekend. They were down by 25 and they came back and won. That was impressive by Oklahoma over Baylor. Yeah, sadly. Baylor was almost under Yeah, so there goes, <laughs> there goes you being upset about them. Yeah. And also Minnesota, and Minnesota lost, lost, too. Pretenders. I was going to set out that too. Pretenders. Uh, they were pretty close, though. It wasn't like a... I, well, that's the way it goes. So they're out now. So we don't have to worry about it. Lily Dak. So, yeah. So... That's... And it just kind of... And it adds to the conversation of whether college athletes should get paid because here's a guy who's won them a championship and done all this stuff. And if that's a... If it were to end up being a career-ending injury... He got draft protection. No money. I know, but that's... Compared to what he... It's I not like he's going to get recouped too. a lot. It's there's insurance stuff that players if they know that they're going to be high round picks, they can they have this like insurance policy that if they get hurt they still get some money from it. That's if they good. get hurt in college. Well, yeah, but it's not like it's the is that through tens the, of millions of dollars that they yeah. would get as a draft pick. Is that through the uh, NFLPA? I don't remember. I heard another thing that has to do with the NFLPA. Wow, that was hard. Um, they. They are pretty much the people who are relying. Like it's pretty much they are the last step in order for us to get the NCAA games again for college football. That's weird. Because like likeness and stuff like that, it has to go like through them apparently. That doesn't make any sense. I I know, but that's what I heard. All right. Pretty Moving excited. On. Hopefully, we get that in the next two years. So, next topic: Colin Kaepernick had his workout on Saturday, and there's a lot involved in that you had some thoughts at first so my thing is like he showed off that he can still throw a ball really far but 
My problem is, is like it doesn't show him actually competing in a way. Like there wasn't necessarily defense going after him. There wasn't necessarily game plans. It was just him throwing deep balls down. And I had that problem where it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people can throw deep, but who like I want to see him be in the mental state of football where he has to control a game, not necessarily. I want to see him as a leader controlling a game, not necessarily him just throwing a ball down the field. It's impossible to simulate real NFL play, and so you're not going to be able to know whether he can still do that until he's in it. And so somebody would have to sign him and give him the opportunity to go play in a game and do it. I mean, I would have felt more comfortable if he was like running it with like a high school team even. That's no. Just to that's show him that he's able to do something. No, that's not his. The talent level he has that wouldn't be useful at all. I don't know. It's just it'd be like me going into a high school basketball situation and playing against them. Like that's not going to replicate anything. Even though I and I was never any kind of actual good basketball player, mm-hmm. but I would go in and I would dominate a high school game. It's completely different. Like you I, would have to have be in a. I don't know why Faith is laughing at me. No, it wasn't that. I was coughing, and then I inhaled a yawn, and it came out as a squeak, which was like a laugh. But you inhaled a yawn. Okay, so, um, so I'm not sure that that is a. He would have to get into an actual situation, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Did you see all of the stuff that went into what happened on Saturday? Because the the NFL announced it Tuesday, like, okay, we're giving Kaepernick the chance on Saturday, so here's how this is going to be. No media are allowed in. Nobody's allowed to record it. We, the NFL, are going to record it and send it to all 32 teams, and that's it. No fans, no other people. Like, it's just a closed session with whatever representatives want to show up and go. And it was something like 11 or 17 teams were saying. I saw the number 16. I don't know if it was. So it was something like that where they were saying, okay, these teams were interested in coming and at least checking it out. But it wasn't like there was real GMs going. There mm-hmm. weren't coaches. It was like a defensive was, end coach. It, was it like, wasn't even that. It was like low-level scouts and mm-hmm. assistants to assistants. And so it was already not being taken super seriously, but at least there was like some mild interest. Yeah. Well, earlier that morning, because it was supposed to be in, I don't even remember exactly. It was supposed to be at the Falcons training facility. Mm-hmm. And... That morning, Kaepernick said, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing it here. I'm going to do it at this other high school that's an hour away. Um, and it was actually, I forget the name of the high school that it was at, but it was significant because the person that the high school is named after is the person who created um, – is who developed the process of like replacing blood plasma in World War II. And so, and the person happens to be black. And so that it was, so Kaepernick intentionally did that as like a, okay, and just so I, we're all aware, we're, we're going to learn a history lesson about another important African American individual. Um, so I don't like Okay, yeah, that. I know. So whatever. Like, um, so. But it was him, him moving it allowed him to control part of a situation in which he had no control over initially. And because of that, he was able to set up security and there were fans that were able to go and media was able to go because he was doing that. So, so that can go either way. You can say good for him for owning it and giving himself more of an opportunity, but 
it again is showing him defying the NFL, the NFL a bit. Yeah. And As I was saying, like it shows him in a way disrupt or dis, uh, disrespecting the NFL in a way. Yeah. Because like they set up this great thing for him to do. It was very serious then, and then they, he was like, "No, let's just do it my way instead." And that's just yeah. it doesn't look good. Like I. So people think the phrase again I heard this morning was, "He may have won the battle, but he lost the war." The war being getting back into the NFL, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that that still is his. I saw war. that too. It's where it was. I, I saw a thing where it's like this kind of showed in a way where it's like. It might not even be his goal to go back in a way, because yeah. he's doing this for publicity. It could be publicity, because like, why else would you move it to your camp? Why else would you move it and show that you have some sort of like authority and stuff like that? Where it just you go right behind the company who's actually trying to help you, and I don't know if it's uh, really necessarily help you, but it's there. The NFL is they not gave him an olive branch. They gave him an olive branch though. That because they had to. They've consistently been put into this corner and they know that what they've been doing is wrong. So this was their, this was them trying to be like, look, we're at least giving him an opportunity in a safe face situation. No part of it is them actually wanting him to succeed. No, just no NFL owners want Colin Kaepernick. In my the, issue is like his last succeed. few games too weren't great. Okay. But he's better than at least six starting quarterbacks in the league right now. I would take Name. him over. Name them Trubisky for one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Driscoll, the Lions guy. Driscoll. Oh yeah. Um, I, Bengals. I don't. I don't care. I would. I would take him as a backup on my team. Um, sorry, Blake. Now, how dare you? Wait a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking a Super Bowl quarterback. Um, Speaking of Blake, that With, athletic catch. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that athletic. He reached <laughs> his arms up. It, his awareness was on point. Goff threw a pass on Sunday night against the Bears. Goff threw a pass out of bounds. And Bortles just reached up and caught it. And it was it was good. It was good awareness by him that to was, be watching the play and grab the ball. That was a boring and game, make a too. Catch. It wasn't great, but we won, so I don't care. 17-7. Keeps I us hope. in the playoff hunt. We're 6-4, and four, but we're 2 Losses behind game. Seattle and three losses behind San Francisco. We'll we play both of them one more time. And so we still have a chance, Faith. Have hope. Um, yeah. Lastly. <laughs> Best for last. <laughs> Thursday night was a mostly, it was a fine football game. It, the yeah, Browns actually, it wasn't bad. It was relatively entertaining. It wasn't like, it wasn't great offense on display. It was, there was some pretty good defense on display. Um, so, but all in all, it was a better Thursday night game than like normal. I would say it was a good one. Um, it was watchable. So it comes down. Cleveland is up by 10 or something with <clears throat> 10 seconds left in the game and Pittsburgh has the ball and they're running a play just to run the play, the clock out, which I guess losing teams never kneel just cause. So they ran a screen out to the left side and Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, the Steelers quarterback drops back, looks to the left, throws the ball. Running back catches it, and in live, in real time, watching the game, all you see is the running back run down the sideline and get pushed out of bounds, and you see the defense, and that stuff's happening. And then all of a sudden, the camera switches, and you see the end zone, and Miles Garrett is going nuts. And I don't remember if in real time, if you see the helmet thing happen, 
Or I, I don't think you see. I the didn't helmet. see the game, so I don't know. I just saw. From I think when you that told happened me. so quickly that I think what you saw in real time was the reaction to it. But but what happened is after Rudolph threw the pass, Miles Garrett tackled him. Now when Garrett touched, so Miles Garrett is a defensive end for the Browns. Big. By the big time man. by the time Garrett got to Rudolph. It was possible that Rudolph still had the ball. Like the way Rudolph released it over Garrett. Garrett I don't necessarily think it was a late hit. I think no, it, was. it definitely wasn't a late hit. Garrett, for all Garrett could have known based on his timing and positioning, Rudolph still had the ball. So Garrett is finishing the play and tackling Rudolph to the ground. Well, Rudolph had released the ball and didn't appreciate this last play of the game getting tackled by this massive strong man. And so they both end up on the ground. And Garrett is not in a hurry to get off of Rudolph in a moment. So Rudolph is frustrated and grabs Garrett's helmet. And there is a clear effort to pull Garrett's helmet off of his head. Rudolph is unsuccessful. Did you see that he also kicked him in the groin? He, so people think that it might have been on purpose. Definitely it looked like in the process of, getting of Rudolph up. trying to mm. get up and Move gain his- some balance and whatever that his leg moved upwards. It's kind of hard to get up when Garrett. someone's on top of you. Though. Yeah, so, like, so I mean, so just the positioning. Like, How else do you okay. get someone off of you? Yeah, so... Get them. Kick them so, in the groin. But the important point is that Rudolph tries to take Garrett's helmet off. That is a obvious action that happens. He is unsuccessful. <laughs> Based on the combination of that and probably getting kicked, Garrett now gets very upset and as he's standing up, grabs Rudolph's face mask, and pulls. He's trying to pull off the face mask, but it doesn't come off right away. So instead, Garrett literally lifts Mason Rudolph up off the ground and on a second or third pull manages to rip the helmet off. Well, now Mason Rudolph is very upset, and the Steelers linemen, there's two Steelers offensive linemen who are in the area, and DeCastro is doing a really good job oh, yeah, of pushing him. Garrett and trying to get him away so things stop. So DeCastro pushes, pushes Garrett into the end zone, and but Rudolph now is very upset, and Rudolph comes running in at Garrett to stir up more trouble. He comes running in, he's yelling. Garrett's reaction to this, with Rudolph now in range, is to swing Mason Rudolph's helmet over his head and hit Mason Rudolph in the head. Now, that's not a thing you do. <laughs> but Luckily, DeCastro's hand kind of hit it, so it wasn't a full like yeah, swing the, hit, but it still bonked off his head. you can imagine looking at a helmet, and if the helmet were upright, that is the position that it hit Rudolph's head. So if it would have been upside down with the crown of the helmet coming down on the Rudolph's head, <laughs> he would have that would have been an that. issue. That would have been an open wound on Rudolph's head. There if would have not been blood. <laughs> that, that would have been a disaster. And so that would have been a very different conversation. But he hits him with the bottom of the helmet instead. Rudolph reacts to that, looks at the ref, instantly is like, what the heck is going on? So now, now all of this is happening, and now all these other players start to come in and do stuff. So as Rudolph is looking at the rip, like what something needs to happen now, what's going on? His back is turned, and a Browns, another Browns lineman, Ogun Joby, comes running in and blind shot right to Rudolph's back, shoves him to the ground. 
And so now Rudolph hits the ground, and Rudolph is in shock. And Rudolph, sitting on the ground, looks up at Okunjobi and calls him an inappropriate name. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, you didn't see, yeah, <laughs> he's sitting on the ground. He looks straight up at Okunjobi's face and says a five-letter curse word to his face. Uh, oh. Which is just like really funny to watch that he's like down in this defensive <laughs> position, like helpless basically, and he's has the presence of mind to do that. So, and then Ogan Joby just proceeds to stand there and do nothing else. <laughs> while that and is for happening, him not <laughs> yeah, while that is happening, De Castro has now after Garrett swung, De Castro has grabbed Garrett and taken him and thrown him to the ground and is laying on top of him. So that, things so that everything settles. He's not trying to beat him no, up. I He's not hitting DeCastro or doing anything. Yeah, he The entire time, DeCastro was trying to stop things from escalating. While DeCastro has a hold of him, Marquise Pouncey of the Steelers has just seen his quarterback get hit in the head with a helmet. And he was there all the entire time. Yeah, he was along there with DeCastro. But as soon as Garrett swings the helmet, Pouncey... Something goes off in Pouncey's head, and he just starts wailing on Miles Garrett. Throwing, he throws, I think, two or three punches before DeCastro gets Garrett to the ground. Once Garrett is on the ground, Pouncey goes and makes another punch, and then he gets up and kicks Garrett in the head. So Pouncey before... got Pouncey. <laughs> yes. Before he somehow either cooled down or someone else got in the way, I don't know. But they just... But by then, by then the rest of both teams had like come over, and now everyone's just kind of holding each other, and things had stopped. But the escalation was so insane. It's like a 30-second span of just chaos. With eight seconds left in the game, you're watching a violent action that has literally never happened before on the field. I have never yeah. seen that happen, ever. The only other time I've seen something that violent with a helmet or like that that had to do with a helmet like that, Kyle Turley did it. He was an offensive lineman for the Rams at one point for the Saints. He had someone's helmet and just like threw it super high in the air, but it wasn't aimed at anyone or he was trying to hit anybody. Miles Garrett tried to murder Mason Rudolph. And so after the fact, there were a lot of – they interviewed everybody. I watched like an hour-plus worth of coverage. I watched as the NFL Network like interviewed – Yeah, they Baker interviewed Baker really right after the game. They interviewed Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham right after the game. They didn't really talk about it that much. Um, Makes sense. Then in, in the press conference, Mike Tomlin comes out and just says he's not going to talk about it, and he didn't. The Freddie Kitchens of Cleveland oh, goes up Kitchens. and just talks about um, that's not – how bad it was and that they don't coach that and all this stuff. Everyone's saying mostly the right things. Um, <clears throat> but Garrett, Garrett, when he's talked to in the locker room, he talks about that he lost it. He knew it. He made a terrible decision. He is hurting his team. Um, so he was like, but he wasn't, he read this like prepared ish or no, I guess he didn't read. He, but he, there didn't look like a lot of remorse, but it was still like right after the game and kind of a shock, I think, was on everybody. His tweet was like a little better, though. So like he, he did, I did feel like he put something into that. Um, Ogun Joby, they're talking to him, and he's talking about, I see my guy just getting attacked, so I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to protect him and hit him. Like, Ogun Joby, you hit Rudolph. You hit the guy who is the least 
at that point, Rudolph was standing still, just yelling. So he, he's the last person you needed to hit. <clears throat> if you were actually talking about protecting Garrett, you would have gone after two of the people who were physically in contact with him. Um, so Ogunjobi, to me, is like the is also just not great in this moment. Um, so what ended up happening is Garrett is suspended indefinitely. So we're assuming through at least the end of the season. And then I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like four to eight games next season. Yeah, too, I, I don't think it should be like the full season, but probably at least half. Um, Ogunjobi got one game. And Which Pouncey, I kind of understand why he got one game. I mean, anyone could get he pushed. Had, he should have at least gotten one, maybe two. Pouncey got three, which if he hadn't kicked him, it yeah, it could have been one or two. But kicking him yeah. at that point, that was he was already overkill. on the ground, and so yeah. three seems pretty reasonable for that. I think that the Mason Rudolph should have been suspended. So that is the one suspension he's, that I am not okay with. That it didn't well, happen. Yeah, and then he's getting. I know for sure he's getting fined, but yeah. I think that he should definitely. But his be. his press conference when he went up there, he talked about how bush league Miles Garrett was and how this is unacceptable and all this stuff, and it's like. You started it twice. Yeah. You tried he, to pull Miles Garrett's he helmet off first. had the opportunity to and walk then, away, and he didn't. And then you didn't have a helmet on, which in the NFL, if you don't have a helmet on, you stop. You get out of the way. Everyone's supposed to stop because you're unprotected. Like, mm-hmm. that's a known thing. And so without a helmet, you charge three dudes who are bigger than you who are having helmets on, and you cause more stuff. So if you, never try to, if you never try to pull Garrett's helmet off, this doesn't happen. And if you don't rush at Garrett, this doesn't happen. And so the person who instigated it two separate times didn't even get suspended. So that I'm annoyed by. Rudolph definitely should have gotten suspended. They also, like, but, these two teams play in, like, three weeks. Yeah. It's gonna which be. I feel like, I hope that... They somehow like make him a healthy scratch. We're just like, let's I hope somebody at Cleveland wrecks Mason Rudolph again. <laughs> or just like make I him just, not play because like, uh, and I mean, Devin Hodges isn't terrible. The duck. <laughs> the duck. So that is our Miles Garrett. It's just wild. Yeah. And I, I talked to several Steelers fans, and I like a really good friend Blake. He um, sorry, I'm burping a lot. Uh, he talked about how he he sees the wrong on both sides, and I was pretty yeah. And then um, uh, he is not charging legal issues, which is which I understand. The only way I would have supported if he were to charge legal, if it was like made like skin break, like if he like bled or if like you know his brain came out. <laughs> Yeah. That's a lovely image. Well, I mean, it, it could happen. I, it was, it's really hard to have legal things happen within a realm because it's something that happens within the game, on the field. Like, yeah, I, I was the league also, has its own private rules. That's what I was thinking. Like, also, like, is it like a if there's an NF like if it's in the NFLPA, if there's like something they sign where they can't, I don't know. really sue because like you can get sacked and ruin your career. Look at Alex Smith; he's not going to sue the guy who broke his leg. Well, I mean, this is an action like outside of normal football, normal football play. So that's where but that's the only reason the something. The as soon as I saw it, it instantly reminded me. And I don't know if you've ever seen this video of a hockey incident from oh yeah, two thousand ish. Um, and in it, 
So Marty McSorley has played for multiple teams, had played for multiple teams. He was he was on the Oilers when Wayne Gretzky was on the Oilers, and he was like the tough guy. If you hit Gretzky, McSorley was hitting you. Um, so like big goon type guy. He was also on the Kings when Gretzky was on I the Kings. I miss the goons. And then I forgot what team. Oh, he was on the Bruins for this incident in 2000. And they were playing against the Canucks. I believe it was against the Canucks. And the Canucks had this guy named Donald Brashear. So Donald Brashear had the same role as Marty McSorley as a goon, as somebody who's out there to just lay Fight. some <laughs> lay some heat on people, they are the get in fights, all that stuff. So that is a thing that like exists in the NHL. People Not who are on really the team anymore, just do that. There's sad. less of them, but it's still kind of Clifford. <laughs> so, so they had gotten into a couple little scrums early, and McSorley had tried to instigate Brashear in a fight. And Brashear wasn't having it. But at some point, Brashear was skating back on the ice, and he had passed by the Bruins bench, and he had talked some trash to the Bruins bench, and McSorley didn't like that. So there was there was a point in the game in between plays where players are skating, and you see Brashear skating, and you see McSorley come up, and McSorley raises his stick and just baseball swing across his shoulders, and the heel of the stick hit Brashear right in the temple. And all you see, you instantly see Brashear pretty much lose consciousness upright on skates on ice. So his lower body still has momentum, but his upper body stops. So he falls perfectly flat backwards. Head contacts the ice pretty hard. He has a seizure on the ice right there because of the combination of things. Um, So to me, like that instantly, I remember that happening. Mm -hmm. I remember watching the coverage of that, and I feel like there was some legal stuff that happened with McSorley, because that is a, again, you're attacking somebody with your hockey stick as a weapon, as opposed to a piece of equipment for the game. You're making a non-hockey attack, and so I feel like there is precedent there for legal stuff. So, I don't think it'll come to that. Um, I mean, but they already said that's instantly, yeah. But that instantly is where my mind went as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh, McSorley for sure. Um, so it was a crazy, it was a crazy sequence of events that night. But there's our analysis of Miles Garrett. See you next year. Which is really unfortunate because the Browns actually look like they're a better team the last couple of games. Yeah. And Garrett do. is probably their best player. You could argue Odell up there too, but. Baker. No, Job. definitely not. Um, so losing losing somebody that important, that much of a playmaker on defense, is really going to hurt them, especially after having this huge win against a division rival at home. Um, it was hard to it's hard for them to move forward from that. So we'll see what happens. So yeah. Speaking of sports and football. <laughs> Faith. I was so loud. Faith doesn't play football. I do not play football. She My could. Mom, Imagine. I could. I feel yeah. like I could. We do have, We. In, I was in high school, we did have a girl on our football team. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica. No. Right? Oh, not Alex. Jessica. No, I don't know. Alexandria Bergesalen. I do not know who that is. Jessica could have. Jessica should have. She should have, yes. She played. She brother? Yeah, Jewel. Yeah. I Jessica played football at LCS and yes. was one of the best players. Yes. But um, my brother plays football. Yeah. He kind of didn't get to play the last few games because of his shoulder. But that was 
great watching him play football. And it was also very, very cool to hear the last name Negron being announced over a sports intercom because never before has Negron been announced over a sport intercom. <laughs> so that is a cool, a cool thing to experience. But he's not the only sibling to play sports. No, both me and my sister both played sports, but my sister played volleyball and softball in high school. And I played soccer throughout my childhood up until eighth grade. And then I played uh, softball seventh grade. And I also did cross country seventh and eighth grade. But both of those were, well, okay. Valley had softball? Yeah, Valley did have softball middle school the team was really really small we were because of course because it was valley and um but i think like other other schools had other schools middle school also had middle school teams? softball teams we only played like four other teams I know, that's still we still were the worst out of the four other teams because Ooh. half of our team were people who didn't know how to play softball including me because i was just learning and then but the other half were girls who were in travel ball so oh, you had that half of girls who we're doing great, and my best friend at the time was a travel ball player. She was a pitcher, but prior to that, she, like, sprained her tailbone. So she said, you should try out, like, for softball. She's saying, I'll be on the team, and then turns out I tried out, and then I got on the team, and then turns out she was injured. So then she left me, and then <laughs> <laughs> she was like, sorry, you're on your own, and then I was left to the, the wolves of the of the softball team. I have a funny story about sprinting tailbones I just remembered. Like okay. what? Uh, so <laughs> uh, at one of our route to middle school, Grace Christian, we had a swing set that had like this, it was like in a sandbox and it had like this big, huge like uh, curb that surrounded it. And my friend Thomas was the last person to a flip at, oh, was it Thomas? It yeah, it was Thomas. My Ben Antonio. No, it was Thomas was the last person to do a flip at that school because he flipped and he landed on his tailbone on the concrete and oh. broke his ta- uh, tailbone. Ouch. Uh, and that's not something you recover from quickly because yeah. there's no. no, like, cast for that. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, our, it was, we were the last, like, one of the last classes at that campus, so, yeah, no one else did flips there because they moved <laughs> campuses, like, two years later. It's just a good story. Sorry. So, uh, softball. Wolves. My Wolves. Well, my coach was my junior English high school teacher because the, all the teachers somehow had to contribute to a sport in some way because we didn't have time to pay for coaches a lot of the time. And uh, anyways, so she was the softball coach, and apparently she got pitched at and got a softball to her stomach. So she had to sit and pitch to us the entire, like, season. I, don't ask me how it happened. We just knew that she was stuck on the softball bucket seat for the entire season. All right. But um, I, my dad got really excited that I was playing softball, so he bought me all this cool new gear and new helmet and gave me the bat that my sister had when she played softball. Funny thing was that my sister also hated softball because she didn't like the team members. Oh. So apparently that was just the truth that I was supposed to go into as well. And, <laughs> but a lot oh, of it no. was like, because I didn't know how to play the game a total lot, they didn't understand 
why I didn't understand <laughs> certain things about the game. <laughs> like, I didn't, um, when I was first playing my first game, I kept uh, practice swinging a little bit inside the box, like I stepped my foot out a little bit, and then the my coach had to walk up to me and she said, you have to step outside of the box <laughs> before you go up to pit, to, to hit. And, um, but I did get a good few hits. Like, it wasn't like I was the worst team member. I wasn't the slowest. I wasn't the absolute scum of the earth, I guess, compared to... It's okay to not be the best okay, player. Okay, it is, but the sport. fact is that... You're not a bad person if you're bad The fact is yeah. that for someone who didn't know how to play the game at the beginning of the season, turned out playing okay at the end of the season. It's good. It's a good accomplishment. But the girls didn't like me on that team for some apparent reason. How, the, how, the, did, how did that manifest? Um, I was on the team, and... I think it was so softball season comes around when um, Valley Christian has their Broadway showcase, which takes a lot of time out of sports, uh, what do you call it, practices. Yeah. And so kids would leave early from practice to go and rehearse for Broadway showcase. And I wasn't one of those kids, but the good like travel ball girls were because they like to overachieve. And I was still in my introverted Section it's okay of, to overachieve. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> this is a biased story, obviously. And anyways, they were talking how they had to leave early from their practice, which ends at 5, to get to the rehearsal that starts at 7, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there's two hours in between that to get ready, and our coach was getting mad at them. And then I stood up for the coach saying, yeah, like this like shouldn't happen, blah, 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 blah. Obviously... Arguing with middle school girls is going to come up into a terrible mix of events. And from that moment on, the girls didn't like me a whole lot because I stood up for what the coach was saying and then did things like move my bag from places where they weren't supposed to be or throwing dirt into the bag or throwing me, not pop, no, it's pop balls when they, okay, my terminology is terrible because I, I don't, I, I would play try to softball help, but I don't for, know what okay. you're trying to say. I don't remember exactly how, but I remember getting hit with a lot of softballs when I was supposed to be fielding and they were hitting the balls or when they were throwing the balls and I was supposed to be fielding. It was a rough turn of events. Didn't do softball my eighth grade year because that year was terrible. Uh, Yeah, that doesn't sound like any fun. It wasn't, but I loved my soccer, my soccer year. My soccer year was great because I had grown up playing goalie and defender for my various AYSO soccer team. And then we, I decided to try out for soccer in middle school because I was going to a new school from elementary school. And I made the team, and both years we beat our league championships. And it was great, and it was exciting, and I love my team. And my team, I still talk to some of my team members, even though we're, like, all over the place, which is weird because it's a middle school team. It's yeah. not like I was in a high school team. But that's the extent of my sports knowledge in terms i'm not gonna lie that was more than i was expecting coming into oh. this recording i didn't know oh my brother-in-law introduced me to a lot of sports i don't know ellis was too young to get into sports he was still into dinosaurs and still birds is. and yeah still is probably birds. yeah he had a whole i'll get to that you never heard of him do his <laughs> bird calls they're great I haven't. But um, when my 
this was when my sister got married when I was 13. So when we started hanging out with my brother-in-law, Stephen Moore, he like introduced us to sports and took us to all the Dodger games and took us to all of the, um, or like took Ellis to the Cowboys games or whatever was going on at the time. Both of those teams are... Took them to Dallas? <laughs> no, like when they would come here for training. I mean, yeah, and they have training they camp. They have training camp yeah. here. And then, um, so that's where I got all of my sports influence. So don't blame me that I love the Dodgers. Sure. Blame my brother-in-law. It's okay. It happens. It's outside your control. It's <laughs> going to ask... Oh, I was going to ask. So while stuff was happening with the softball team, was that something that your like parents knew about? Was there any, any my interaction with them? knew that Did I didn't get along with a few of the girls on it. Mm-hmm. And then... My mom said, you need to grow a backbone. Ooh. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Unlike your friend who had a broken one. Obviously broke my backbone because that's my mom. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but um, eventually, me and the girl, like, didn't end up getting along ever. Like, in high school, like, I was super annoyed with her still. And oh, my gosh. It was rough. And then Ellis didn't get along with her younger brother. Oh, boy. So it was kind of just like a family, like, annoyance with each other. I really want to know who this is, but I won't. we won't. Oh, uh, I could tell you an attribute of the younger brother. Oh, then I already know. Okay. What? (laughs) There's one person that would obviously stand out amongst any people Ellis' age that we would know. that We'll talk later. Okay. Um, (laughs) But is that family? Got it. You had said that previously. Yeah. I forgot. Not on this show, but previously in life. Jake's clueless. clueless. Um, oh, 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 it has come it. to him. <laughs> um, had an epiphany. Yeah, I think hopefully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my. Um, okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it, and unfortunate. Well, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. Oh, shouldn't be fine with it, Faith. It's, it's, I try being nice. Okay, I'm brothers the nice and person. sisters in Christ that you're supposed to be reconciled with. I don't know if she's a sister in Christ. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on. Um, All right. So you've mentioned a lot about your siblings, but you've only and family, but you've only mentioned one by name. So we'll start. Oh, with your parents. My oh, we're gonna start parents. Parents. Yep. Not grandparents. Who are they? No, we're not. <laughs> we don't. We don't care about anyone. Grandparents. That's too much. Well, fun fact, I have three sets of grandparents. Okay, well, we can go there then. Fine, let's start with you. No, you're going to, nope, we're going to break trends. You're going to, you're the first female, and now you, nope, just go. We want to know all about your family. My grandma and my grandpa on my mom's side divorced and got remarried. So that's why I have two sets of grandparents on my mom's side and just one set of grandparents on my dad's side. Therefore, three. Got it. Math, two plus one. I kind of have four. How do you have four? Uh, my, so my mom's divorced, they split up, got remarried. Mm-hmm. My dad, my dad's mom died and got remarried. So that's kind of like four. But not Three died, and a half. You know, the Three and a half. Your mom's, your mom's parents divorced. divorced they got, got remarried. remarried. Okay. That's two. So my grandpa on my dad's side, my grandma on that side died like a year before I was born. Okay. Then she, he got married again. So would that so be like three and a three half s- or four? Yeah, three yes. and a half. Okay, and a half. fine. Good thing we figured that out. <laughs> I like Carol. <laughs> this is great math. <clears throat> anyway. But um, 
they have my mom and my aunt and then my grandma. I have two step uncles or half uncles, half uncles. And uh, that sounds like a weird one word. Half uncle. Half uncle. I have a half uncle. Half uncle. <laughs> I, <think it's> <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. It sounds like a weird pastry. That's. Oof. I don't know what kind of pastry that would be. You know, would most it be made a... up words either sound. I mean, all words are made up. Just kidding. Most words like that. Would it be like a razzleberry? Like or a snozzberry? Oh, Do you know what snozzberries well, are? From snozzberries taste like snozzberries. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why. What is that even from? It's from Willy Wonka. Okay, I just. Oof. <laughs> most words that are like that that just sound super weird. That they're either a disease or a food. I feel like that's how it works out. Well, where does a funkle go into that? Uh, I pastry. agree. It sounds, it sounds like more a fungus. Like, no, no, just because it has <laughs> funk in it doesn't. No, I agree. It sounds more like a pastry, like a European pastry. Okay, so your parents. Oh, my parents. Keep my this, keep this rolling. My, <laughs> my mom's name is Amy Celeste Grown. Am I doing full names or am I doing? <laughs> you are now. Yeah, I didn't started. know her middle name was Celeste. It That's is Celeste. Fun fact is that my grandpa wanted my mom to be an astronomer, therefore he gave her middle name Celestial. Celeste. And he That's also gave. Brilliant. And he wanted my aunt to be a pilot, so he gave her the middle name Amelia. And <laughs> this is how names should happen. Both of those did not turn out. But <laughs> I don't care. You wanted me to be a Lee. <laughs> And then um, my dad's name is David Jesus Negron Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Not going there. Why? <laughs> they wanted him to be the savior of the world. Those are different sets of parents, though, so that's why they didn't work out. Um, son of David Jesus Negron Sr. David. I would hope. That'd and, be weird. Well, it would, a kid it a would, junior without him actually being a junior. It would be weird. Um, both of them are prevalent in the movie industry and that's super exciting my grandpa was a movie artist for a number of his years and then retired to be a painter and <laughs> now lives comfortably or not comfortably i don't know the status on him right now but <laughs> oh. Wait, what <laughs> no he's living fine he's living oh. that's, that's <laughs> like, the point I, but that, um that could have gone both ways more stories about my dad later but um it's really exciting being involved in the movie industry and getting to hear all my dad's stories about the movies that he works on and yeah. all the stories that my grandpa worked on. And then my mom and my dad met in high school, end of high school, um, got married, and then had my sister Erin. It's spelled A-R-Y-N, which is a I different spelling that. of Erin. My mom's name, Amy, is spelled E-M-I, which is the Japanese spelling from what I've been told. But unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. It is. I think it is. And then um whenever I see it, I think like Emmy. Emmy? I, I just know it's not, but it's that's what it looks like. And the translation that doesn't work. <laughs> Japanese doesn't have an E and M and I. Well, I know that's so true. That's... But like, I don't I blame my grandma. Okay. I, blame you, grandma. Blame Grandma Norco. That's what her name is. But like North California. No, that's sad. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I feel like I'm... that. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch! Oh, now it's gonna. Can I turn it up? Nope. Well, <laughs> welcome to our first technical that was, issue. Yeah, that was our first really bad. This might happen again. Just cover your ears. <laughs> there. All right. Sorry. Oof. 
So can you edit that out later? Our technolo- <laughs> no, it's better if it's not. And <laughs> no, especially it's not. Since we reference- <laughs> nope, I'm just going to keep referencing it, so now I have to leave it in because oh, then it man. won't make sense. In our technological upgrades, there are a million wires, <laughs> and one of them is plugged into the computer so that we can at some point use – last time we used audio uh, from the computer, and so I had it plugged in in case we want to do that. This time, I bumped the output jack. And then, so that happened. So then I pulled it out thinking that would solve the problem, but then it just created a buzz. So then I had to plug it back in, and that, here we are. Rough. It won't happen again, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> that hurt a lot. <laughs> Where were we? We were at why my mom's name was. Oh, okay. Well. That. And then, yeah, anyway, so I had problem. my sister, um, didn't have a child for another 13 years, and then had me, and then named me Faith. Because they had faith that they would have another child, and I'm such a special child because my name is Faith. And <laughs> I do have that question. We'll get there. And then, um, name. Then three years later, had my brother Ellis. He's 16 now. It's really weird having a 16 year old brother because I still think of him as being 10. Aww. Me too. Um, I haven't known him that long, so I don't have that problem. We have a dog named Sharona, and then. My sister got married when I was 13 to my brother-in-law, Stephen, who I've mentioned. And they now have a son who is five, and his name's Anthony, and he goes to St. Joseph's. No, not St. Joseph's. It's right there on the in the kitty corner to You're us. You're literally not the, It's the Catholic elementary school that's right there. Don't look at me. I don't know Catholics. That's right here. There's nothing. What do you mean? No, right no, here? across the riverbed, right there. Across. If you're going past Palo Verde on Willow, it's on Palo Verde and Willow. Oh yeah, that's St. Joseph's. Yeah, it is St. Joseph's. Okay, the one over by right. um, Christopher Cream. No. That's too far. That's too far. When uh, you're going towards the freeway, there's yeah. a school that's when you're on Willow and you pass Palo Verde, and it's on the left-hand side. There's a little school with the like yard right there, and there's a church. Oh okay. Yeah. He goes there. He did go to preschool here, as did me and all my other siblings. <laughs> well, since we got there. Um, so, I don't know. I have like seven different questions to ask, and I don't know what order to ask them in to lead. Going we'll random. Just, nope. We're <laughs> random. Uh, yeah. Beans, I don't know any of these questions. I, I can't help. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, we'll just go in the order that we normally go in to keep things, whatever. Um, so, describe your... Uh, how you got here. My upbringing? In terms of, yes. Oh, um... I didn't want to use upbringing because that implies, like, analyze your parents' parenting style. And, I mean, you can. That's fine. I mean, you might put them on blast. I I love my parents. Um, But in terms of, like, going to school and what you're doing now... Um, I... I guess we kind of covered a lot of that already. (laughs) I went to preschool here. I Here being Los Altos Los Altos Grace. And well, actually, it was Los Altos' great brethren at the time. True. And then grew I up. I still consider it that. That's. <laughs> I forgot that they dropped that. Yeah. And then went all the way up preschool through sixth. Our graduating class was ten people, eleven people, which was fantastic, I guess, because we all were. I, it's your opinion. You tell us. Well, it was because all of us were kind of all tight-knit to begin with as a class, and we drove each of our teachers mad because we were technically the worst class, according to my mom, who gossiped with an undisclosed teacher. 
Um, and we apparently made our sixth grade teacher retire, but that information nope. is always disclosed. <laughs> Did we have, was Mrs. Martin your first grade teacher or did yes. she take over? Mrs. Martin that? was my first grade teacher. And was Mrs. Uh, Smith my second grade teacher? Yes. yes. That's not who I was thinking of. And Mrs. Whitbeck was my kindergarten That's, teacher. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if they took over yet or um, when they took over. I'm not that young. I'm not a child. Young. Okay. But I didn't know what year they took over is what oh. I'm saying. Oh, so you were the guy principal. No, I had Mrs. Shaw for a little bit. And then yeah. when but I like was when you in, ended was the guy. When right? I was in fifth grade, yeah, I had Mr. I, Langer. I didn't know who he was. I was gone by then. Really nice guy. I didn't like his wife, but liked his, liked him. Um anyways, grew up through Los Altos. Really enjoyed it. Really good school. Come to Los Altos. It's a plug. And <laughs> um, after that, I had the decision to either go to Brethren Christian or go to Valley Christian. And at the time, I didn't get along with my best friend, Sierra. Well, I was going to say, and, that doesn't make sense to me that you chose somewhere else. And um, so anyways, I said I picked Valley. And so I went to Valley. The only person I knew was a kid named Sam. And we both kind of were friends throughout middle school, but didn't really get to being close friends until high school. But... Went through the whole middle school, new school, dealing with whatever middle school girls deal with in middle school, which was terrible, <laughs> and met my best now best friend, Daisy, in seventh grade, and has been my best friend for the past six years, six and a half. Up. And then high school, went to Valley, did a ton of, ton of stuff that I probably will get to later. Or now, whichever you would prefer. No, now is probably good, okay, so I don't now. have to remember to ask about it. Okay, well, uh, I stopped playing sports in freshman year so that I could pursue music because I was a total band nerd, so to speak. And to give it a title, it needed a t- Okay, anyways, then <laughs> you laugh. Is nerd the word you want to be? It, okay, well... I, or... Are you using it because you're comfortable using it, or are you using I'm, it because you understand that that's what most people understand? Both. Cool. So, um, freshman year, joined the band, wanted to be in the upper band, but wasn't good enough to be in the upper band as a freshman. Sophomore year, got to be in the upper band with the teacher that I wanted. That's what it was called, upper band? No, it's called concert band and then wind ensemble, but okay. we call it lower and upper band. Oof, uh, you don't want to be in the lower. Exactly. That That's why I don't like being in the lower. Anyways, I it was at the time where one of our conductors was annoying in freshman year. <laughs> and then you wanted to be in the upper band because the upper band conductor was really, really cool. So I went to sophomore year, got to be with the upper band, with the upper band conductor, which was awesome. And then the next year, the upper band conductor retires or <laughs> moves to do another job. And then I'm stuck with the lower band conductor for the rest of my school I year. I hope there are certain people that do not listen to this. <laughs> no, because people who have gone to Valley with me know the understanding of the lower and the upper I band. I know, but if somehow the lower band instructor hears this. No, she like, would. She, no, no. Okay. There's no possible way. Good. No Such connection. For your sake her, and for her sake. Um, I don't, it wouldn't affect Ignorance her is bliss. Her name was Mrs. Bliss? No. No, what? Oh. I said ignorance is bliss. Oh, I was like, <laughs> you had a teacher named Mrs. Bliss, like Saved by the Bell, and she was bad? Oh, gosh. Well, that would be rough. You don't know. Y'all don't know about Saved by the Bell. I do. How well I do you know, know Saved by, by the Bell? I know about Saved by the Bell. 
Name was like name was two. Nope. Can't nope. Do that. Can't do wasn't that. it like a short show like during the? You can't even name. I was gonna say name people who aren't the main people. You can't even name the main people. I don't know. Oscar. Oof. This is where we remain silent. Draco. That's why I said. Oof. That's why I said you don't know because you don't know. Just because you've heard of it doesn't mean yeah. you know it. Concept. I think I've seen one episode of Saved by the Bell. <sighs> That's fine. You don't uh, that sound was the, fine. That was, no, that was the understanding is I had going Disney in Plus? before you. But bo- no, that was the understanding I had going in before you both said you knew it, and then I was like, oh, this will be great. No, no, you don't know. Don't lie. We know of it. How about that? Is that yes, a better terminology? Yes, that is exactly the case. Okay. So. I'm yawning. Why do you look at me at the worst moments to do something? Keep on telling us about what you did in high school. Well, I feel like we got near the end. I mean, you got, yeah. You I didn't mean, talk about Broadway. Oh, I can talk about Broadway. Broadway is an experience all on its own. You are. Which I'm really jealous of. Yeah, it, I imagine. It's really, really Although cool. Although I never would have done anything like that in high I school, but either. I wish I would have. You wish you, okay, well. Looking back, I would so love to that do counts. something like that. Um, Broadway is a type of, um, I don't know to call it, extracurricular activity where all of the students of the entire Valley Christian community all throw a giant like Broadway ensemble where each grade or each student section has a certain song from a Broadway number that has been featured. And um, hence calling it a showcase. And it's really grueling. It's in the mid, the beginning to middle of the second semester of school and kind of takes your whole willpower to live during that time because teachers also love to have tests and finals that are happening during it. But what you do is you learn the steps and the choreography and then you learn the singing and the I don't know what you call it, the harmonies of every single Broadway piece that you are in. And then for a Which for some people is one, but for other people is like seven. Yes. Some people are in seven numbers. Some people are only in the opener. Some people are in multiple. I was in multiple because I was a part of the opener and closer, and I was also part of Drumline. And Drumline has their own number as well, mm-hmm. same as the jazz bands. Um it's a really exciting and really stressful time for everybody, but um, we all spend two, 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 three performances, and they're all held at the La Mirada Performing Arts Center, which and is really cool. Amazing! It's pretty fun. They are fun. I would recommend people to do it. <laughs> if you attend, if you, if you currently attend Valley. attend Valley and happen to listen to this podcast, do Broadway Showcase. Do Broadway Showcase. So, you graduated? I did graduate. What do you do now? Um, I am currently enrolled at the Berkeley College of Music, which is not associated with California University of Berkeley. It is in Boston, stationed in Boston, Massachusetts, but I'm taking all of my classes online so that I can stay here near LA in the community with all my friends and not across the country in presumably 39 degree weather right now. <laughs> As Jake verifies. Fact check time. Um, so what were, that is ultimately what you chose. What were your other options that you were looking at? Um, I had very few 43 options. and lightning storms. So I was close. Five degree difference. It'll probably be 39 in an hour. But um, when everybody was doing their college applications and 
figuring out what colleges they wanted to go to, I applied as well, like the same as everybody else. Um, I was a really good student. I had valedictorian status all throughout my years and also had a lot of extracurriculars and arts. And I also participated in Wilderness Challenge, which is one of the most fun things you can do at Valley, where you can sub in your PEs for like rock climbing or surfing, which is a lot of fun. And um, so I had like all of the buildings of a really good college application and I don't know, something that would look appeasing to colleges to want me. And I didn't get into any of the colleges that I wanted when I applied to them, uh, which was terrible because all of my other friends were getting into the colleges that they like dreamed of going to or like the one college that they knew they would get into no matter what. And then I was kind of just stuck there like, well, what am I supposed to do? like with the rest of my year and we I like remember talking to my mom about it and she was not frustrated but she was like not concerned either I think she was just sympathizing with me mm-hmm. and I don't know it kind of brought me to the realization of how competitive it is to get into a college to begin with but from that moment which was in March when everybody was getting into their colleges or at least had a college that they could go to like, I was still filling out tons of college applications trying to get into a college. And then I ended up getting into the into Baylor, which is really cool, but way too expensive for a one-person income family. Yeah. And then I decided to apply to the Berkeley College of Music, which was originally a pipe dream because Berkeley is also very expensive in terms of going across the country and yeah. living there. Room and board and everything. Room and board. And so eventually I applied online and found out May 7th of 2019. I do remember the day because graduation was in like two weeks. And <laughs> found out that I was I got into the college, knew that that was what I wanted to go into. was so excited. I clicked accept before I told my parents that I got into college. And then... Um, Later that night, I was at a some event. I was at the senior play and was super excited, got in. And then turns out that everything had a plan after all, that I was supposed to go to the college that I originally thought I would never get into for musical ability, which is great. So what does that look like now? What What is your emphasis? What are you studying? And then what does it look like to be an online student? So I'm studying music business in strictly not business in terms of, I don't know, trades and strategies type thing. It's strictly music business, which means I'm learning how to run a tour or how to um, sign a label or communicate with an artist or a manager. Um, It's not exactly what I want to go into, but I have to use that major the emphasis to get into the job that I really wanted but I'll get to that later but the how the online program goes is you have a 12-week period as most quarters Mm -hmm. would usually go and then I take I'm taking four classes right now giving me 12 credits which assumably is a lot but it doesn't feel like a lot to me but that's my opinion and okay (laughs) um we our classes go through multiple things, whether it's history, math, 
um, basic general general eds for my first year. But yeah. the cool thing about all of my classes is that they're all music based. So my math class is applied math for musicians. So I'm learning how to count measures, divide fractions, figuring out decibels for sound or for all my problems. Huh. My history class is a music history class, so I'm learning about all of the great composers of their time. Right now I'm in Middle Ages and Antiquity, so it's kind of boring because there's not very many of them. And then, what do you mean, like Bach? Bach is neither of those. Bach is in the Baroque period. Duh. <laughs> I'm also broke. It's not Baroque, don't break it. No, that's wrong. That's oh, terrible. Whoa. Don't fix it. That's the that's the line. That's the line. You would have to come up with a musical word that sounds like fix but isn't, and then you could say if it's not baroque, don't whatever it and have it make sense. I don't. I don't it's know. Not but it would baroque. You're in trouble. <laughs> you guys. That that was actually not terrible. Oh great, seal of approval. You want Jake's seal of approval? No. no <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably someone. <laughs> on that, on that particular, no, moving on. Comedy is definitely something you want my seal of approval from. But it needs to be informed comedy. So when you make funny things about things that are informed or just nonsensical in general, then that's funny. But when we're trying to make an informed, clever joke about music, that's where your expertise maybe doesn't lie. I agree. Okay, that's that's all I was implying. Mine also is not there, which is why I couldn't come up with the joke. I just don't have. I know like three music. I terms. just don't have the lack of uh, what I can't think of the word shame. Yeah, I'm not willing. To, <laughs> I'm not as willing to make a mistake as you are. Hmm. The string's really low. 100% of the shots you take don't make it. Wait, no, that's that, wrong. Faith, you are so bad I am really at off quoting it. things. I, okay. I did not know until this missed, moment. I'm not worse 100%. than Jake. You were, I'm you not worse than Jake. Very, that's not true. You miss uh, 100% you, uh, of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Multiple people said it. I am acquiring a headache. Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Michael Scott's not a real person. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I, dare, I dare very much. So you alluded to getting to something later. Oh, yes. I can allude to that now. <laughs> that's Well, but allude. Again, that's not no, how that works. I know that's not how that works. We, so <laughs> Jake's going to strangle Jake's himself strangle with his headphone cord. It's literally 15 feet. I need okay, to find something to do with it. It's so long, and it's just here. <laughs> it just hurts me. Yeah, if you strangle yourself <laughs> with it, it does. Oof. So, what are you going to do? I would love to go into music supervision for movies, follow in the semi-footsteps of my dad and my grandfather. So, for people like us who don't know what that means. I was getting there. Okay, I'm just trying okay. to set it up. I was. Thank you for setting it up. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. This and is what it's like to have <laughs> a woman on the show. Oh, Okay. That wasn't a negative. Oh, okay. That was like, this is the <laughs> the tone of the conversation you're co- you're is cornering yourself. different. No. Well, I, that's because you took... <laughs> <sighs> the conversation plays out 
differently than the way men would have the conversation. Play so the reason it's bad, it just means it's different. <laughs> Faith. The reason why I want to follow in the footsteps of my dad and my grandpa is because they also were in the movie industry. Yep. My grandpa was an artist for the movie. He his most notable works are like Indiana Jones, Ghost multiple other things on his imdb that i could probably look up right your now. your grandpa yeah my what's grandpa. ghost it's ghost yeah i don't know what ghost oh. is patrick swayze Whoopi goldberg that doesn't mean it... i like Whoopi. Uh, i can't even say real things to you <laughs> i can't remember you who can't the say actress wh- is what right. having that a serious conversation the and then you no oh I, I didn't know that movie sorry uh, let's see. <laughs> Stop giving me a terrible look for not knowing. <laughs> did you just look him up on IMDb? Yeah, I did. That's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. It is really cool. <laughs> he worked on Last Action with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Last Action Hero. Last Action. Oh, I abbreviated it. Why? No one knows what Last okay, Action last means. Last Action Hero. Nobody's going to know Paul? what Last Action Hero is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, though. People should watch it. Oh, it's a murder mystery. Last Action Hero is not a murder mystery. No, Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny if that was a thing, Majig. So I got fired from a babysitting gig, kind of, because this kid, the kid, I didn't get fired, but I don't know what happened. This kid was like, yeah, I've seen this movie before, so we watched Ghost. He was like seven. I don't know if we're talking about the same Ghost. Ghost. Really? What has what ghost are you talking about? The one that has Patrick Swayze in it. Is it Whoopi Goldberg's not in it? Yes, yeah, she is. Yes, she is. No, I'm talking about the romance movie Ghost. Oh, I don't know that then. The one where they have the whole. So it's not just called Ghost because I I'm the clay making the clay. Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I like how we are interpreting the same movie in completely different are ways. We? Yes. Is it? Okay, 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 okay. Because he dies, but yes. he comes back in ghost form. Got it. But then he... Yes. Then he yes. resides in Whoopi for part of it. And oh, got it. Got there's it. an easy way to solve this. I don't remember no, that part. we solved it. I, we when solved he takes it. over Whoopi's body? No, I don't remember She lets that. him take over I've his body so that he can interact with... I've only seen it once when I was like five. Oh, it's... Uh, uh, Demi, Demi Moore? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Um, Good job. Anyways, that was my grandpa's... You can look him up on IMDb, David J. Negron Sr. My dad, <laughs> While David... While you're at it, look up David J. Negron Jr. <laughs> uh, my dad also wanted to go into it, same as my dad's brother, Joel Negron, who famously worked on Thor Ragnarok and is the editor. His name is one of the giant names that you get to see in the credits. That's awesome. Which is super, super cool. And then my dad got to work on Clear and Present Danger, um... That's National Treasure, those are very more uh, Battleship, G.I. Joe. So I'm reading off his IMDb. He worked on the late, the new Kong, King Kong movie. I love that one. San Andreas with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Did he get to meet The Rock? Probably. That Don't rocks. quote me on it. He worked on Game Plan with The Rock, which I think is a great movie. <laughs> One of my favorite. All, all of the other movies fit in a category on the yes. left side. And then, there's and then game, game plan, plan is way off on the other side. He worked on Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is another also good movie. Also a great movie. Um, I just watched that the other day, I think. You think? You think. No, it was Get Smart. 
No. Well, they're semi. <laughs> Anyways, fun fact about Clear and Present Danger with Harrison Ford. My the one of the actors didn't show up to be the the gang like top guys accountant mm-hmm. and a an actual character. So my dad like kind of raises his hand and he goes, "I'll do it." And so my dad got suited up in the the guy's costume and sat down and you can see him in the movie. Hey. And he's talking to like some waiter like to come and give him a drink That's and stuff awesome. like that and the mobsters talking his huge plot or whatever to the other characters. <laughs> but like we always laugh and we only see the movie to watch my dad, which yeah. is pretty funny. But um when my sister when she was I think she was 12 when she went and saw the movie with my dad because it was premiering and anyways um my dad gets into the car that explodes in the movie as a character but my sister thought that it was really my dad getting exploded by a car so she starts crying in the middle of the theater (laughs) thinking my dad's dead when he's sitting right next to her (laughs) and uh, that's one of the funny stories that i like about my sister um but what movie was your dad in what movie? Yeah. Clear, Clear and present, present danger. Uh, well, your grandpa was in Out of Time. He was. Well, you didn't bring that up. I just found it. Well, I I listed a few things about my grandpa. But he was in it. Yes. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> Those are all correct. But anyways, that's why I want to go into the movie industry because my family is really associated yep. with that, and I love it. And but even though I'm not like particularly skilled in arts, I loved music yeah. and want to go into music in the movie industry. So what would the next step be after graduating? Like, what does that even look like? I mean, I know you're only in your first quarter, but I know. Well, <laughs> hopefully there's some kind of plan. Or the best thing the is to get your foot into the door as soon as possible into the industry because it's extremely competitive to even. I don't know. Visit a industry building. So does that just look like? Looks like me calling all my dad's friends yeah. for just quick little like say hey is there an internship here is an internship yeah. here. Yeah, um, yeah makes sense. Picture of him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> no, the, but her grandpa's didn't. Oh well. Well, you could just look up a picture of my grandpa. Okay. Well, you were commenting on a picture, and I answered for the answer to the other one. But um, that's what I want to do. It's how my plan is. I'm applying for internships now so that internships will somehow turn out in the end <laughs> eventually. Um, I want to study abroad, but with how much it expenses it is, it's very hard to do that. So we'll see how that works out. Yep. But for now, just getting an internship, but I'm a Applying for <laughs> Jake is making very animate expressions. You right didn't now. tell me two of the movies that I actually really like are on here. Like what? Um, Anaconda. Oh boy. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes, the second one. Yeah, he did work on that one too. That's so cool. Yeah, Sorry. it is pretty cool. <laughs> That's why she wants to Rush Hour Three. They did work on Rush Hour. GI Joe: Rise of Cobra. Jesus. I did talk about okay. GI Joe. <laughs> People can look up the IMDb. We're going to have an actual conversation over here. Put your phone down. But, like, there's so many cool ones. Look it up later. I'll forget. You won't forget. It, the tab's still open on your phone. So are about a thousand other ones. Sounds like my mom. 
So, anyways, that's... Speaking of her mom, she makes really great soap. <laughs> I'll plug my mom's soap. I will give you a dollar at the end of this podcast for a sponsor for my mom's soap. We charge more than a dollar. But okay. Do you? <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Right. <laughs> Never mind. We'll take the dollar. Jake will take the dollar to buy a churro from Costco. Are they really a dollar? Can we do that? I don't know. Give Costco after this? Unofficially, yes. So not officially. Well, officially would suggest they were a sponsor. Oh, then oh. no. Oof. Who are they? Who? We need to Cost who? <laughs> Huco? Um, we know someone who worked at Costco. Maybe we can get a, a foot in the door. Who are you pointing at? Rachel Reeves. Oh, I didn't know she worked there. Yeah. She does. D- did. Did. I like how you pointed towards at the, the preschool. preschool. Yeah. yeah. I was going to make like a little person thing, but I'm like, you, it, that would not have like, helped. Oh, no. I was like, no, no, not Kenny. I don't know any midgets. <laughs> or little people. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any little people, so it's not like they're going to listen do. to this and get offended. No. Yeah. Well, I know sorry. two. I give. Well,. One if you are listening to this and we're offended by that, be. I give you permission to slap me when you see me in person. Oof. You're that mom? Slap him. Your mom is Your mom is tall. No, 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 but my mom knows her too. You don't, don't get know. to be offended if you are not <laughs> the person <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> this isn't transitive. Yeah. Um, Rough. Yeah, her mom makes really great soap. I use it when I shower. Just daily. Presumably. <laughs> should have said that. <laughs> I think never mind. If you ever need a soap, contact me. Contact yep. my mom. We've got the goods. It's funny that that's the phrase. We've got the goods. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good soap. Yeah, it is. And it's the goods. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Do we have anything <laughs> more to talk about regarding <laughs> your school or movies or soap? We're so um, no, I do not think so. Okay, if a question comes to Jake's mind, he'll raise his hand. I will. I do that. You raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. I actually have one. Um, oh, you have a question now. What? You didn't raise your hand. What? Um, Does that mean you have two questions? <laughs> it might be a long one. Um, what is your ideal kind of movie to go work on? My ideal movie. Um, one of the directors that I really love is Joe Wright. He did movies like um, Darkest Hour and um, Atonement. They're, and uh, majority of them were all music-based movies. So the whole entire plot didn't well didn't follow the music, but the music was a huge part on how they did the transitions and how they um, enacted the scenes. So every what do you call it? Transition of a scene would be a character um, closing a door, but that would end up being a beat of a song. Hmm. And then eventually it would progress into people walking would match with the steps of the song. And things like that that are really musically immersive are my go-to. Like Baby Driver is one of those movies. Like everything clicks and Still snaps to the right. <laughs> but those are the ideal movies. We that had an extensive conversation about it on our podcast on the way to San Diego. Oh, really? Yep. Jake doesn't listen to podcasts if he's not in them. Yeah, I was pretty upset still. So. 
I'll just go interview but my mom. But that's the ideal movie that I would want to work on is a movie that is immersed in music because then it's all about my job. Yeah. <laughs> Which is picking out sense. the music. True. <laughs> I'd get paid more if it were a music movie. Sounds like it'd be uh, an important part of it. Yeah. Were you anticipating the answer to the question being long? No. You said it was a long question, uh, and I then your question was a short. I mean, it kind of went on a little bit. No, yeah. I a little longer one. Not went on. That sounded poor, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> she just droned on and on no, no, about no, no, this no, question no. you asked. I didn't mean that. I It's a solid answer for a solid question. <laughs> Movie on. Apparently, Jake Movie on. Solid question. <laughs> solid question. <laughs> Movie on. You said it already. We both ignored <laughs> yeah, it on yeah, purpose. That's <laughs> Appreciate, it, man. <laughs> what do you think we should ask her next? <laughs> um, what? So you are a part of the church community, pretty, pretty impacted, not, or you're pretty involved in the church community. How so? Um, I will <laughs> be segueing to this now. I mean, um, uh, of this, you had more. No, no, I'm, no, that's fine. I'm that's fine. Um, I grew processing up processing how you did it. It, you got us well, here. Good you job. got us here. Good job. You got that. Um, I grew up throughout this entire church school, however you would like to, the combo of the two. Um, haven't gone to any other church. I really love this church. I love the community. Um, everybody here is like a distant aunt or uncle that always says hi to me and knows my name, even though I don't particularly know their name. Um, another person that grew up in the same environment was Sierra Martin. She's great. We didn't get along in elementary school, but now get along great. But um, my involvement in church started uh, in fourth grade, fourth grade, when I started coming to the 9 o'clock a.m. Sunday school hours. And that was when I had people like Mr. Sutton and Mr. Fisher, who are two great people to learn about the Bible. Um we used, I used to play dreidel with Mr. Sutton. Um, probably got me interested into gambling with chocolate coins because that's what we played with for the dreidel game. It's very specific. Well, dreidel's Jewish. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of another. But um, then fifth grade talked about. With Mr. Fisher, sixth grade, went into middle school group. Um, I had Mr. Edwards, which is... Mr. Edwards? Yeah, we had Kevin. Well, we also had a Kevin in my... We had Kevin. True. And so we either called him Kevin But would you literally call Kevin Mr. Edwards? Sometimes. Or just Ooh. call him Kevin. I couldn't... Or we would call him Big Kevin because he's that, taller than that's Kevin. That's better. That makes significantly Before more sense. That. And then um, after that, went into high school group. Had three different high school. It was a tumultuous time. It was definitely different for every year for me. Uh, I had Aaron Gobble my freshman year. Then I had Hannah and Nick my sophomore year. And then I had you for, I had Mike in between Hannah and Nick and you for half a year-ish, roughly. I don't don't know quote me on left. any of that timing whatsoever. <laughs> but um, I don't know when, I don't know when. It really was a tumultuous time. Because in my, actually in high school, fun fact, was that I had a different counselor, academic advisor, for every single year. So 
whenever I had to fill out forms or do anything, like it was always a different person. So I had to get go to a different person each time, which was terrible. Is that because the person kept changing or because it was a grade thing? Or? Um, the person who was there originally left and then the second person came but didn't want her children to go to the school. So also oh, yeah. left. And then I had my third. Okay. And then she got pregnant for the year. So then I had another <laughs> All right, no one cares. Anyways, no one cares. No one cares. But growing up in the church, it was always great. I had a great family, had a great church experience as a whole. I went to Green Oak Ranch for all of my years that I could as a camper. And then actually, strike that, reverse it. I I missed my first year for some apparent reason. But my second year... I was put into an older cabin uh, because my sister was the counselor of it, and my mom wanted me to be with my sister. Did you want that? Um, I was, from not what I remember, not I wasn't old enough to care. I didn't really remember my sister being my counselor. I remember your sister there now. Do you? Yeah. I was there. <laughs> well, I would assume so. But um, that, I grew up in... And then um, Cindy talked to me about being a counselor's assistant for the camp. I got really excited because I love kids, and I got thrown into that. And then she asked me if I wanted to be a part of the counselor's assistant band. And apparently it was new. I was the first year that I did it and first year that the camp did it. And I remember that. we always did a song that fit with the theme. One song, only one, because they didn't have time for another song from us. But that's my Green Oak Ranch story um i don't know what else to talk about <laughs> i have questions oh okay <clears throat> but i was letting you get as much as you wanted out okay we'll talk questions now <laughs> um so growing up in the church from as long as you can remember um this is kind of how i ask all the people this um when was the moment or the time, or what the sequence of events, where your faith became your own, where you knew this is real, and this applies to me, and I understand it, and like, as opposed to, it's just information you grow up with, and you are aware of it, and it's because your parents are instilling it in you, when was the time when you were like, this is my faith, this is what I believe? I think it was in kindergarten it's not the pumpkin story that jesse smith had but (laughs) it's close to that we were talking about um like how all of the stories connect in the bible Mm -hmm. like how like they didn't like like explain the thing about illusions how in the beginning of the old testament there's a ton of prophecy and then jesus fulfills it but they kind of alluded to it because we're kindergartners we can't fully understand that but i was like wow god really has this all like planned out like he knows exactly what i'm doing right now like he could see me like playing with my crayons under my desk right now like i'm in i'm in trouble now and then (laughs) stuff like that like the fact that he was completely all aware of what i was doing and that i understood that was when i realized that god has a hand in my life and i that's what i figured out for my own how I would believe in that because it would make sense. Like, of course he would know exactly what I'm doing. Of course he knew that I hid Ellis's alligator stuffed animal behind his bed. Like, 
Aww. Stuff like that. Like, it made me have a conscience that God's not going to like this when I did this. And then stuff like, like Jiminy that. Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, like Jiminy Cricket, but godly. God, <laughs> God. <laughs> God the omnipresent cricket. Um, so what, what was it like having a private school education your whole life? Was there ever a time where you wished you would have been in public school to see how that would have worked out? Did you appreciate everything that it was about private school? Did you ever feel like you were getting the Bible too much because you're at a private Christian school? In Any of those things? elementary school... Um, I loved Bible stories. Like I was like all into it, this and that. Um, when it came to sixth grade, when I had to choose a middle school to go to, I was like really fighting my parents on why I couldn't go to a public middle school because for some reason I was kind of sick of the same school for over many years. And I thought that the middle private middle school would be the same thing like over and over and over again. And I was kind of tired of that, and I was like, Mom, why can't I go to, like, Oak? Why can't I go to McAuliffe? Why can't I go to all of these other middle schools that are in my area yeah. rather than go to Cerritos or go all the way to Huntington Beach? And then um, I it was also at the time that I <laughs> I had a crush on a boy who was going to a public middle school. And that also threw my judgment in a way that shouldn't <laughs> have happened. But... Um, Eventually, my mom was like, fine, you have the choice between these two schools. It's Neither of them are public, so you have to go to Brother and or go to Valley. So chose Valley, and I think Valley was the better choice from <laughs> from what I've heard of the turmoil that goes on at Brother and I think I dodged a half bullet. And <laughs> Not a full one? Not a full one, because Brother and definitely has a lot of great things about it. That's why it's a half bullet. Um, Valley was great growing up, um, except for the softball bowling and it was really hard for me to make friends, but I think it kind of gave me a backbone. Like my mom wanted me to, (laughs) I still don't have that great of a backbone. Trust me. I'm like one of the most sensitive people you'll ever meet. Um, don't nod your head knowingly like, geez, Jake's frustration. Um, but it pushed me to interact more with people, interact more with my teachers. If I was a very, not like righteous child, but like I I knew how things were supposed to be done, a very type A. I know thing, how things are supposed to go. If they don't go that way, then the world is ruined. Um, so when I had a teacher that I had a like a rift between, I would try to solve it in a way that I wanted it to. And then it would work out or it wouldn't work out. But then I would feel better after the thought that, like, oh, I made an effort to do that. Therefore, I'm right. (laughs) But that's what my mom gets after me. She says, you're too righteous, and then you don't do anything about it. And then, so that's my flaw, is that that I want things to be right, but I won't do anything about it. I'll just stew and complain. I'll just complain. There are a few moments where I do do things about things. Good. Hopefully. I, I do take charge. Hopefully that is an area of I growth. I do have a backbone. Aware of. You're defending yourself to the people now. Now everyone that's listening to this is going to take advantage of you because they're like, faith isn't going to do anything about people it. People already do do that. So. 
Oh. <laughs> then you got to stop it. Fine. Change it. Drink some more milk. Oh, Strengthen my, your backbone. My brother, um, when I, my mom was making fun of me for not having a backbone. And then um, I said, my bones aren't strong anyways, because from very little, I always have broken a bone at every other year, every two years. And uh, that was my smart but reply to her. And <laughs> my brother walks in and he goes, your bones are weak because you don't drink milk, Faith. And then that was another argument that Ellis always likes to pull up. And he goes, you hate milk, therefore your bones are weak, and therefore you don't have a backbone. So that's the... <laughs> Gotta love think, little brother. I think I agree with him. <laughs> As a little brother, I would have made the same comment probably. Well, there you go. I don't remember what I was talking about, so I can't go it back to my the idea of the idea of private school education and whether yes. you were okay with that all the way through high school. In high school, I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved how, except for... So the transition, hold that thought. The transition middle school to high school, staying at Valley, was that your decision? Was that like, for sure, this is what's happening? That or was, was there another conversation once middle school was done? That was for sure that was happening. I think there was a few times where I was like, I want to go to La Salle because La Salle's so cool, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then I heard the horror stories from somebody who did go to La Salle. And Way to go, Jake. It, it wasn't what Jake. What stories? <laughs> La Salle's great. Uh-huh. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but, um, La Salle for life. I went to Valley. They changed the mascot in my senior year, so we weren't the Crusaders. We Always be crusader to me. Last the year before us got to be the last crusade, which is so cool, but oh. we don't get that, which is terrible. Anyways, it was great. I love my teachers. They're all very God-centered people. Led me. One of my favorite teachers was my Bible teacher, Mr. Brandon Horse. Really influential person on in my life. He taught me the intricacies of the Scripture and how every little word means something no matter what and how they all connect to each other which is one of my favorite things about the bible it's a good thing um you mentioned uh have loving bible stories as a kid what are a couple of your like favorite ones why do they stand out more than others um when one of my favorite stories was the story of the roman soldier who changed his mind about um i don't know the full details of it i just remember that it was a a belief that he changed himself and like ultimately changed right away or not right away but changed his mind and the fact that um a prophet came and talked it wasn't a prophet but i'm blanking on the story now and it makes me seem like i'm an idiot when i don't know my bible stories but i do idiot strong um that's one of my favorites my other favorite is esther Um, Not because she's a woman, even though some people do like to woman empowerment. Um, But the story about the connection between um, her uncle and the Jews and how the king's um, right-hand man, that whole, like, it's like a full, like, epic story that's Mm -hmm. about to happen. And it's very, not thematic, but very exciting to read and learn about, and then it also, it's kind of like a Mulan story almost, but not really. Um, Didn't think about that. I mean, Esther, Mulan. Also, the VeggieTales movie is really, really good. 
for Esther. Gonna plug that too. Gonna have to take your word for it. <laughs> I love Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales is great. Born and bred. <laughs> Born of veggies. No. <laughs> but um, uh, one other story that I have is Moses. That's. <laughs> That's a long one. Which part? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so the best <laughs> way that uh. I oh, let's see, let me phrase my thoughts right now. We, me and my brother, liked Moses because of the story of the baby in the basket. Not because he was in a basket and in the movie he was thrown through a pit of crocodiles and people growing. <laughs> it was not like not because of that. It was because of the fact that his mom. Like, either had a calling and by God to put him in a basket, and the whole, like, fact that that was all planned out and how the sequential events of Moses' life led him to be this great leader. Mm-hmm. Like, we both loved the sequence of that and how it all laid out, which goes again to my favorite theme about God is how everything is planned out and everything happens for a reason. Sorry, I said that really, really fast. No, it's great. I love those examples of God when you can look back and go, huh, God really, God really <laughs> knew what he's doing right there. I always have more, but I always look at you to see if you have anything. Um, can you share a quick, what is your favorite moment from growing up at Green Oak Ranch? Oh, at Green Oak Ranch? Yep. Um, Not as a counselor or anything like that, but growing up, like as a camper. Growing up. Up. Um, I loved fishing. Um, I remember that I was always the girl that all the other girls came to to bait their hooks because I was the only one who knew how to bait a hook when I was growing up because I loved fishing when I was total, not outdoorsy, but I'd gone fishing before. I loved fishing. And um, why are you laughing at me? That just reminds me of you have your fishing thing with your dad. Oh, I do have that story too. I don't. Should I tell that story? Well, now do I have to because Jake mentioned it. I mean, I you sure. don't have to. Is this the one that um, I got told to go with my dad somewhere? Yeah, okay. yeah. and it's like the old, you know the story too. Yeah. Can I tell the story? But you already okay. I should just tell it. So, <laughs> um, because I loved fishing so much, um, my dad invited me to a fishing. I don't know. Not a club, Meet but up. a fishing, not a seminar either, but it was definitely something where um, he said, oh, this really famous fisherwoman is going to be speaking and talking. And she, he said that she's your age and she's really, really good at fishing and um, knows how to tie her own lures and will do like a full presentation for this whole group that we are invited to um, called the Casting Club. Not like casting in terms of um, casting for a movie, but in terms of casting as in casting a fishing line into the water. Mm-hmm. But anyways, me and my dad, I'm like, okay, I'll go with my dad. I'll be a good daughter and invest in what he thinks will be great. And <laughs> you can already tell by the tone of my voice that this is not how it goes. But um, we pull up and it's a small little cabin in the middle of a park in Long Beach. And outside of it's this casting pool for um, fly fishers. And um, I go, okay, it's kind of smaller than I than I thought. 
and then walk up and then um, see that there's <laughs> uh, everybody who is in the room is 45 years of age or older, and they're all men, and I am the only woman or girl in the <laughs> entire entire in the entire room, and there, I think there was like a solid 30 people, 40 people. So the odds are against me already. And I walked in, and uh, we sit down, and um, I get my little visitor's clip-on badge, badge, badge. Why did I say badge? But, <laughs> but um, and you sit down, and then the pre- presenter comes up. There's two hours of – no, two hours. I'm exaggerating. One hour, <laughs> which is still a so very long right. time. Felt like two hours. Felt like two hours of just announcements for the club, which is the casting club. And it was all about, hey, we're having a dinner next week. Or, hey, remember to fund this, blah, 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 for two, for an hour. And I was sitting there, and I was looking at my dad, and I'm like, dad, can we can we go? And then my dad goes, it hasn't even started yet. And it's like all into it. And anyways, we there's a break in between the announcements and the actual presentation. So then everybody gets cake and coffee. And then we sit down again, and the, this lady walks out. She's probably in her mid-60s, mid Mid fifties and sixties. I don't know. Anyways, walks out, introduces her name, and then my dad looks at her, and then looks at me, and then looks at her again, and says, "Is this the right woman? Like, did I get something wrong?" And then it turns out that when she was my age, she <laughs> won all these awards and won and knew knew how to do a ton of things, and she was specifically here for the announcement over the steel trout population in california and it was the entire informative powerpoint Uh, (laughs) she had an entire powerpoint on how to get the steelhead trout back to the ocean and back to its spring water bases i don't know how interesting it was i kind of zoned out halfway through but i knew that she was passionate about it and she had a whole 10-step plan that um, actually it felt more like 40 steps, but how they needed a staircase for the fish to flop up and this and that. And I was like, how would the fish know to go up the stairs? And my dad and I were kind of laughing to each other. And then after that, we just left and we didn't talk the whole ride home. And then when I got home, my mom goes, how was the the casting club? And my dad goes, it was okay. And Mm -hmm. and then I go straight to my room. And that was the end of that night. That's a rough, but rough setup. It's always an adventure with my dad. It's <laughs> a positive way it's to put like it. Like one of my favorite stories. It's pretty great. I think it's a great story. It's no elevator story. Um. <laughs> any other questions? No, I'm good. Okay. Um. So, having your name. In a Christian setting that you are consistently in, the word faith is used often. How how do you, now that you've had this for 19 years, what what is that like? Like what, have you always loved your name? Have there been times when your name has annoyed you? Has, is it just like whatever mood you're in at the moment? What is it like to have the name faith in a faith-based community well in elementary school 
everybody would look at me when someone said the word faith. Yeah. And so I, I, someone who didn't like a lot of attention was like, don't like, obviously they're talking about something that is not me. Yeah. And, um, so that was the, I didn't really take too much about it in mm-hmm. elementary school, but in middle school, there was a bunch of new people that I didn't know. And then that was how they recognized me was, oh, you're the girl named Faith. Your name is mentioned in every single class that we take. And then, um, so I grew up with that. And I, I guess in middle school, I wasn't particularly fond of my name. Mm-hmm. But in high school, it started hitting me, like, how much my name actually meant in terms of my faith. And um, I wrote an entire Bible essay on it because it was eventually meant, like, a ton to me. But um, I realized, like, the not the assumptions, but the responsibilities that come with a name like that mm-hmm. and how important it is for me to not represent the name, but to like show that I have the abilities of the name that it is. And, um, uh, I really love my name now because it gives me something unique to talk to people about. Like, why are you named faith? And because my parents believed in God and believed that he would bring them another child and they didn't, that's me. And then that bridges into my faith in terms of like, because of the circumstances that I'm here, like I should have the same faith that my parents did in not just what my parents did, but I should have the big faith in terms of believing that God can do amazing things and having the trust in him that most people don't have. But I feel like I should have that sense of, what do you call it? Not a goal, but, or entitlement, but something that pushes me to be like that, to obviously live up to the name that faith is. And it's really, really hard a lot of the time because I'm super hard on myself and I'm a perfectionist and it's very hard to have a perfect faith, (laughs) which is really, really hard. Um, Understatement. So it's very hard to be a perfectionist and attempt to reach the level of faith that I assume my name should mean. So that's what it's like living with the name faith. It's kind of hard, but it's also really cool because people go look at you every single time your name is mentioned, which I guess is kind of cool, but also kind of awkward because I'm like, (laughs) yep, that's me. And that's the main, main title. So you've mentioned multiple times the like perfectionist type A personality stuff. How did that develop? Do you feel like there was some was there something when you were little and you just like grew into it? Is, is it just a natural like what? Well, when I was little, as somebody who is not, <laughs> it's very hard for me to process. Like, when I was little, um, I mean, I don't remember particularly being very specific or like type a organized Mm -hmm. when i was little i was actually pretty messy as a child i still am kind of messy but that goes into another thing that um because it's my mess and i know where everything is and nobody should touch anything type idea and (laughs) sorry jake's making a really weird face over there he has his chin on top of the microphone but um being a type a very organized is one of the hardest things you can do to yourself because you hold yourself to really high expectations. And when you don't meet them, it's like heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I was little, I didn't really have that. I was a very like go getter and would 
do anything whether or not I fell or I tripped or anything. Um, in middle school, that was when I started getting conscious about how I was perceived by other people and how um, kind of how I grew up into the thinking that I should act a certain way. I should be a great kid compared to other kids that I don't know, I didn't get along with or didn't, not that there's not like, great was that kids. A, no, was that a conscious thought? Yeah, it was. Like I saw people who would like misbehave and I was like, well, I don't want to be like that. Like I want to be a great kid. I want to like be the, like not, well, yeah, be the best. That's how my thought process went. D- why? <laughs> That's just how my brain, I guess, okay. acted as it. I saw... I saw the consequences of being great and the consequences of being bad, so I would rather choose the great consequences than others. I mean, okay, so it's really easy. This kind of came up in my child development class. Um, The idea of being a good kid and a bad kid. Like, what in your younger mind at the time, like, what did it mean to be bad? Mm, I, when I don't follow what my parents wanted to do, that was bad, but that was an obedience thing. I remember that I used to get really mad at Ellis for stuff. Mm -hmm. And then after like we fought or whatever, like I would feel really bad after that. Like I would be like, I shouldn't have said that type of thing. And then, but of, of course, like me being too high and mighty and proud wouldn't apologize to him. Because, I don't know, I was... But in terms of, like, comparing yourself to other kids and saying, they're bad kids, I'm going to be a good kid. Like, what was bad? Like, I saw them, like, disrupting a classroom, for example. Like, other kids weren't, like, paying attention because these other kids were messing around and throwing pens across the classroom and making loud noises and banging tables. And, like, I saw that and I was like, well, I don't want kids to, like... Not look at me weird, but like, like not understand why I'm misbehaving in terms. Like, obviously, there's reasons that affect a, a kid, and there's ways. But for me, like personally, like I saw that I could either misbehave and get a punishment, or I could behave good and either avoid the punishment or get an achievement or something like that. But do you feel like? that limited you do you feel like there were times that you missed out on opportunities because you like had being to, bad <laughs> well i there are times i mean there are times where you disobey rules and you have a fun time and this and that but um i mean i guess i mean there's times where my friends will go out and do something and i'm like i don't really want to do that like i i know it's not like the best choice in my opinion but then like i realize that they end up having a great time and then i'm like well was it better to go, have a great time, or is it better to stay and avoid the great time? Or <laughs> or if the great uh, time turned out to be something bad, yeah. then I, that's how my process goes. It's very complicated. I mean, so you are, in making those decisions, you are weighing the pros and cons. Yes. Short-term and long-term. Yes. And, and making an assumption of, a, well, not even an assumption, a calculation that Yes. It's determining. <laughs> it's all in my brain. Everything. How early do you remember that being your process where you were calculating, 
your decision making um, to that extent. In eighth grade, I got in trouble for cheating on a test. And yeah, eighth, I was a terrible student in seventh and eighth grade. Um, I was almost failing my band class just because I wouldn't turn in papers. And wait, wait <laughs> papers and band? Yeah, there's, well, like in terms of like you had to write down how many minutes you performed and then have it signed by a, a parent. Like I wouldn't do that. Like for some reason, I just didn't feel the motivation to get a good grade, even in like one of the easiest classes whatsoever. But, um, I got in trouble for sharing my answers with a boy I liked, and um, that was a, it. Was the final, the end of the school year final? Oh man! And um, it was the big giant vocab test, and um, I got an A minus. He got an A minus. All of the answers were the same in terms of, and we were sitting next to each other, so. I guess being scolded for that was something that scared me out of my wits to not do anything wrong again. And then um, in high school, I, like, decided to turn my life around, according to Freshman Faith's quotation. Um, So everything was really organized. Everything had to be turned in on time. Because then I also had the fear about college. Like, even though it's freshman year, like, I was still paranoid that, like, colleges were going to see that I cheated on my eighth grade vocab test. And then, um, so then I was like, let's just make these four years like the best four years in academically and behaviorally the best. So that's what I ended up doing and ended up getting good grades all. And then I also got into this persona that everything had to be organized and everything had to be perfect in order for the next action, which was in terms of paper, my paper couldn't be creased. My pens had to be organized correctly, red to all of the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, all in there. Why are you looking at me weird like this? I, so you, no, I'm processing the question I'm going to ask. You okay. became OCD. I became OCD because of the fear of not being good. And so with that, um, the whole pens and paper thing had to be perfect so that in turn what I wrote would be good so that everything had a... It's like my Bible story. Everything has to line up perfectly to fit into the perfect story. But, of course, I'm flawed. The world is flawed. My pens are flawed. And <laughs> I can't get the right outcome. So that is that is where my question was going to go. So this was a conscious effort of I'm going to – you were controlling everything you could mm-hmm. to create the perfect setting – for you to seemingly yeah. perform at a level that was acceptable. Yes. So if something, how would that affect you if something didn't go, if there was like one piece that would be out of place or something like, how much does that affect your ability to perform then if what you have set in place does not meet the standards required for you to do what you were set out to do with my like a good example is like the taking the quizzes before the test like if i got a quiz and bombed it Mm -hmm. in terms of just getting things wrong i knew that it either gave me motivation or it gave me depression in terms of i'm never going to recover from this blah 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 because over a quiz yes this was over well that wasn't what i was making the face i (laughs) 
Yes, I am. I don't have that sense. That's not the type of student I was, but I understand. I've been around enough people who like take every point seriously. Um, but what the idea of it either motivated or depressed, like the most people that I would associate this quality with, it would do one, like it was consistently one or the other. They were either always motivated or it always depressed. Like it was how. What would determine whether it motivated you or whether it depressed you? Because those are very different emotions out of (laughs) a same result that feels like it would be a consistent. Well, if I got like, so like the the quiz analogy is that when I did, when I say bad, I say like average, which is a C. Yeah. But it's bad for me because I have high expectations for myself. And um, so it either gives me motivation because... So the thing with our with the, if this were a math quiz, mm-hmm. it would give me motivation because on the test your test grade replaces the your lowest quiz grade, okay. which is how all of my math tests and all of my math classes worked out. But if it were a history test and it in the in the case that there are no quizzes in history and it's just a test, um, it would pull me into like a not a depression but like I would ultimately be stressed about the well-being of my grade and the, like, me... Actually, it kind of is kind of depression. Like, I would be like, why didn't I get the right answer? Like, why didn't I think of that first? Like, why didn't... Like, there's a lot of whys and a lot of questioning, like, why I wasn't good enough to get an A or get a good grade. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's how they divide into... So it's me assessing the pros and cons of whether or not I can make up for it or I'll just bomb it and then fall into an ultimate depression of getting it wrong. <laughs> oh, that, that makes sense. That that also worked out with my relationships too in high school. Like if I Daisy likes to call it the gut feeling that um when I meet somebody I can tell right off the bat like how I'm connecting with them type thing. It's not weird, trust me. It's not like I'm interpersonal with somebody. It's like, no, I, some, just, some I understand the idea of being in a room with people and being like, I have a feeling I'm going to get along with you. I have a feeling I'm not going to get along with you. Yeah. Uh, Daisy says I have good judgment skills. It even yeah. comes to when like Daisy like brings me one of her friends and I was like, I don't really like them. And then later, it turns out two weeks later, they're stabbing Daisy in the back and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I can't tell her I told you so because that pisses her off. And that's one of my favorite things to say. I love to say oh, I told geez. you so. So that's my also another flaw that I have. I love to say I told you so, and I love to say Man, that I'm right. Faith is an elitist. Probably. I. That's how I work. That's how I see things. People either hate it or they tolerate it. Hate it or tolerate it. New slogan. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like that's not a good slogan. No. <laughs> Don't you, shake your head. You haven't said anything for the past... Do you actually? Is that a slogan that you actually? No, no, that's okay. definitely not. I just make sure. Wheels to you don't have to bring that up every <laughs> podcast day. That's my my slogan. There's three of us in here. Tricycle. That's not part of your slogan. Technically four, if you include the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so moving on. Just got stink eyes from both I didn't ends of the stink party. Eye. What? Death glares? Is that a better? I, who got death glares? I wasn't. 
aggressive. <laughs> what do you... See, I sense negative energy from both of you. No, <laughs> I, my negative energy is directed at him. What? Um, <laughs> no, just the idea of being a perfectionist just intrigues me because I think we all have a measure of like we all expect certain things and so depending on our expectation we are going to prepare a certain way and we're going to react a certain way based on what our expectation was and the outcome yes so the psychology behind that is what I find really interesting <coughs> in terms of who's going to be a perfectionist and whatnot. Because like right now, I think I've talked about it before. I'm somebody that with my grades, and so I'm taking these four classes. Grand scheme of things, they don't matter for anything, and my grade in them is not going to determine anything about future education or whatever. Like these are four standalone classes that don't affect anything except me helping out the preschool. So I just have to pass them. As far as I know, I just have to pass them. Hopefully I don't have to get A's. Four point <laughs> um, So I have allotted my time and energy in a way that is I just need to do what I need to do to get by. And, like, there isn't a sense of, like, I need to be perfect in all these because these classes matter. Like, I don't – that's not how I go about it. That stresses me out. I go <laughs> about it like talking about it. I know exactly how many points I need to pass this class, so I'm going to do that much and move on with my life because I have that – like, getting straight I'm, C's I'm would not way. affect my mindset compared to getting straight A's. Like, oh, I got straight A's in four classes. That don't matter. Who cares? I got straight C's, whatever. Yeah, it stresses me out when, like, somebody – not like when they say they don't care about – well, yes, when they say they don't care about school. It stresses me out. I say, why don't you care about school? Like, <sighs> Why do – so then why the do question I care is why do you school? care about it so much? Well, it started off with our – so the app that we used – I think this all has – the app that we used is called PowerSchool, and the app has a way that you can track your grades and mm -hmm. see every fluctuation over the up or down. Very, very stressful for someone like me because once I see my grade go down, I love to email the teacher and say, are you sure this is the grade that I got? And then turns out that I was right, and I actually got the two points back, and my grade goes back up. But that is not always the case in terms of <laughs> – I know that – The outcome or your reaction? My um, – the outcome. Okay. Um. But I think because of that app, it for our school, our school is all technology-based. So whenever a little notification came on someone's iPad, like, oh, the test is out, blah, 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 blah. Like that sense of competition for me as an academic like line, like automatically spikes. Like it's, I think it's very competitive in terms of – you got an A minus, but I got an A. Like I got two points better than you, therefore I'm the superior. <laughs> oh. But that's like kind of how like the the top students worked in in high school in mm -hmm. school. Like if you weren't the best, then you're like lower. Like we had a elitist again. <laughs> yes, we had a um one of the our valedictorian he was extremely smart and we knew that 
no one could really surpass him because of how high his intelligence was and how extremely, I don't know what you would call it, in tune he was with the theoretical and the... I, I can't even stress how much I don't understand how high his grade point is, but I know that it was hard for, I don't know, other students like me, like some of my close friends, we all were competitive as to see who could get the closest to like what was seemingly perfection by a student. So it was all competition ridden in terms of getting the good grades, which is why grades mattered to me. And also the competition, the large scale competition of getting into a college yeah. that you need the good grades in order to compete well and to get into college, which that was muddled together. But I think you get the point. Yeah. Um, so was that, was the competition aspect of it way more of a driving force than anything else? It was the competition. Like in weighing competition versus self. Yeah. So the self, like trying to be a perfectionist tie, like the competition kind of just fed it into like a mass of me trying to be the best that I could be, but realizing that somebody else is, in terms of data, is doing better than I am. They have better numbers, better... It's kind of like, I guess, sports-ish. Like, this person has a higher scoring average yeah. than I do. Therefore, I'm not the best and not the greatest. But, like, in terms of academics, this person has a higher GPA than me, even though we're taking the same classes and getting the same-ish scores. Yeah. But that kind of thing kind of hinders your personal, I guess, what do you call it, confidence. Yeah. Like, obviously I'm doing the best, but I'm not the best, which is hard to do even when, and it's even harder to accept the fact that everybody has their personal strong suits and how God loves you anyways type, <laughs> even though you're not the best. That's something that I still struggle with, obviously, but... I try to be the best in everything that I can be. Because now, as an online student, you don't have that. Sometimes. No is in terms of, like, I don't get to interact with people in competition yeah. type thing. But there is, you can see the grades that other students get on their assignments. Because... The you have key, access to other people's grades? Like, um, of, like you, you can tell... By the comments that are, because the teacher posts an, a public comment to each person's assignment, but oh, the grade geez. is hidden to the student. Yeah. So you can tell, like, how big or small the teacher's comment is on the student's assignment on, yeah. as to whether or not they did well or did subpar or mm -hmm. not to the expectation of the assignment. So, yes, there is still a sense of, what do you call it, a com not competition, but like comparing yourselves to others. And then um, in my, I'm struggling a lot with my math um, class because it's all, it's kind of all, you're using old techniques on new like music um, examples. Mm -hmm. So my teacher, like I've been doing average in my classes, like B minus C, C plus ish, which I'm like, learning to understand that I don't know how well other people are doing because for this specific class, he grades his assignments separately 
in terms of you can't see anything that anybody posts in the entire class. You don't even probably know how many people are in the class. Yeah. So I don't know how well other people are doing in the class, but me, myself, I see myself doing average and I'm like, well, why am I doing average? Like, what is like, what am I not getting? And it's, it was pretty funny. Last, last night I realized that he wrote a comment on mine and he goes, you seem to have gotten the, the right answer with the wrong formula, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, That's funny <laughs> when you're posted, and it was, I mean, I was, it, it was funny, but to me, I was like, why didn't I get the right formula to begin with? Like, why didn't I, yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's also an inner competition with me trying to be the best, but like, obviously it's not playing out. And then even though I put so much work and effort into it. Yeah. It's my last question on the topic. And I think for our time, cause we've reached that time. <laughs> um, do you think any part of this in you came from your parents or older siblings and then what do you think it's going to look like when you have kids are you expecting perfection out of them like what what's it going to look like when you have kids who might not be on the same like what do you think that looks like well fun fact is that I'm helping my nephew who's five in Mm -hmm. kindergarten, like trying to learn the basics over how letters sound and how, how you add ones and twos. And he thinks that one plus one is 11 because the two ones together are 11. But I don't know from, from what my parents, my parents didn't have like a specific, I don't know what you call it. Like, expectation for me they just said i think they they either said do your best or they they didn't say be the best in terms of getting good grades they didn't care whether or not i got a c on my spelling quiz in third grade or something but um for they definitely pushed me to not they didn't really let's see they pushed me to do my best in terms of moral like be the best example for everybody to see type thing but with um academics and sports they were talking about how it doesn't matter how well you do like we we still love you like stuff like that but like in turn like i did the best that they could and everything i could and that sounded weird but no but um i don't know my parents were like pleasantly surprised that i did so well in terms of my grades and I got reward for it. But, um, in terms of my kids, if I were to have kids, which I hope wish (laughs) better happen. But, um, if I were to have kids and teach them, it would be really hard for me to under, I I'm basically learning what I should do with my nephew right now, which he's like a test kid, I guess. Um, uh, I'm teaching, helping him, like, learn things, but also, I don't know, recognizing what's right and what's wrong, I guess. It's hard to understand, but with with Anthony, my nephew, he he can be a troublemaker, but we, we love him anyways. But, like, I'm always the one who gets after him, like, not 
his mom or my grandma and I go, Anthony, you cannot do that. Like that's wrong. And then he goes, Oh, okay. And, um, there's times where like, he was like, I don't like you, aunt faith. And then <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. But, um, but also he doesn't like uncle Ellis anymore because uncle Ellis shuts away in his room and <laughs> I get to play with Anthony. So I think what the, I'm figuring out what the balance is between like, I don't think I would care how my stu- my kid does as a student, but I think I would care how they do morally yeah. in terms of what's right according to morals and mm. the beliefs of that. But um, in terms of school, I feel like I would be more inclined to help them when they wanted it or to sit down with them and say, you need to do your homework or something like that. Even though, like, in high school, like, if they're not doing their homework, like, go ahead. As long as you're not failing. (laughs) Like, I don't want you to take five years of high school. Like, I don't think any parent does. But I think that there should be a motivation for that. But I, once again, I'm 19. I know nothing. I don't have any parenting experience whatsoever besides babysitting. And (laughs) I... Think it, I think the opportunity that I have with my nephew is a good way to express how I would be as a parent because I have a five-year-old coming over two to three times a week and working on homework. I think that is a legitimate statement to make. I think it's really important to understand that, <laughs> to have an idea of what that's going to look like in the future because it helps shape how you develop right now and your mindset towards that and instead of just all of a sudden whenever it happens in the future be like "Ah, how do i do this (laughs) what what do i want them to know how do i want them to act like forming those opinions now are really important watching it play out and the people around you have younger ones is important i do that constantly and i think it's a really i think it's a really good thing because you don't want to just be surprised by parenthood and be like i actually have no idea what i want to do how i want to raise my kids (laughs) I think it's good to have the framework set and to be changing and adapting up until it actually happens. And while it's happening, you're going to have to change and adapt based on who the kid is and what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good note to get out of here on. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We we did it. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Yeah. Um, Had a great time. Thanks. Hope you did also. I did. It was great. Good. Really enjoyed it. We'll see you guys on uh, Thursday. You, oh, do you have something to say? We have to do the ending and make sure everyone, you know, the follow. Oh, that's right. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media, as in Instagram and Twitter, uh, from Bob's office, F-R-O-M-B-O-B-S-O-F-F-I-C-E. Hey, he did it. I'm impressed. Um, this, it is. They are always on Spotify and iTunes, but I have had some people... Be like, ah, but you got to pay for those in some ways you do. So it's also SoundCloud. You're listening to this somehow, but, you know, it's on all three of those. Make sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave five star I think I've tried to avoid saying those exact <laughs> words. Yeah, it's pretty rough. No matter what. We probably shouldn't. Um, but leave a five star rating if you like it. Yeah. I don't think we have any rate. I don't know how that works. I, I guess either. SoundCloud I, you can get rated. 
I think on Canon, iTunes you can get rated. I think you uh, can on Well, Spotify I still don't too. get friggin' updates on iTunes. Oh, well. I'm just glad it's on there. Hopefully people are listening. <laughs> That's where I listen. Follow us individually. How can people follow you? Do you want them to follow you? Sure, why not? I didn't want that. <laughs> you did yeah, it anyway. That was funny. How do they find? Oh, I am on all platforms. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everything is Faith and then Negron, N-E-G-R-O-N. Boom. Easy. And sponsor us and tell us you want to be in here. Tell us you want to be a guest. Yeah. Tell us you want to just hang out and listen. We haven't had anyone do that yet, but I it feel is going to happen week. next Tuesday. Oh, it is? Oh, 100%. I I mean, Ashton wants to, doesn't he? Oh, we'll see. And Owen probably is going to also. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be crowded. Hopefully yeah. Ian's okay with that. Ian, hopefully you're okay with <laughs> being in here. A lot of people listen well, to your story. He doesn't get to have an option. <laughs> I mean, it might determine how he talks. Anyway, Thursday should be really interesting. My friend Ethan is coming in. He, I met him through playing Frisbee. He's an awesome dude with a lot of philosophical things going on and it's gonna be awesome and i cannot wait it's gonna I, be great. I don't know what the philosophical things are That's so it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be great so make sure you're listening thursday too yeah so have a good week nope have a good wednesday and we'll see you thursday uh unless you listen on different days then have a good day and we'll see you next time you listen <laughs> you are i am jake mathis i'm jacob bomber i'm faith negron see ya <laughs>